you're listening to another Type 40 Live Doctor Who podcast from the Spacebook. Audio editions of our video content originally streamed to YouTube and other platforms. A quick reminder, this is recorded completely live and we interact with viewers across those platforms in real time. The occasional detail may get lost in translation, we're working on that, and the odd swear word may pass one or more of our lips, so this show may not be suitable for the under-15s. Now that's all straight. Let's start the show. afternoon good evening or good morning depending on where you are in the world whatever time zone or time stream you're joining us from it's not quite kickoff time yet so we sh- we still should have a live audience here for us here on the Spacebooks youtube channel for type 40 live on a tuesday afternoon here in, in the united kingdom in great britain the the home of doctor who and the home of type 40 and type 40 live yes we are playing my alternative theme version we are indeed that's problem being the genius behind the all the uh, sounds the soundscapes and the bells and the whistles that you hear on uh, type 40 and type 40 live so yes we uh, take this opportunity to revere the marvelous problem being and thank you for everything you do for type 40 and thank you everybody else for for joining us ready dan i'm as ready as i'll ever be digby good to see you here too be good to see me if you could see me where am i here I am. <laughs> yes, welcome back, everybody. We're back uh, back again for more Doctor Who talk. Some very, uh, how can I put this, frustrating and sort of happy and some sad. Obviously, there was some news in the Doctor Who community last week. Yeah, it wasn't what I think any of us were expecting. We're going to talk about that in a little while. We're going to pay some pay some respects and reminisce as usual with, uh, with you guys out there and everybody we've got waiting to come on. Who should we bring on first? We've got uh, a slightly... Actually, I think I'd better bring him on first, everybody, because I think he's wilting up there in the Doctor Who loft. So good friend, JT. Hello! <laughs> Hello. You joined Daft Punk there, uh, JT? <laughs> I have indeed. It is absolutely gorgeous up here in Scotland today. It's boiling. My little thing is telling me it's 24 in the temperature charts, viewers. Hi, Space Bookers. How are you doing? Phew! Yeah, I, was, I thought you were going to say they don't come much dafter than me. <laughs> well, I could if you like. <laughs> yes, oh, I've got to keep the dad jokes coming. Got to keep the dad jokes coming. Who else is joining us, I wonder? Hello, everybody from a cold and wintry Tasmania. So that's a bit of a difference to what JT's experiencing here. Don't, don't rub it in. Absolutely. 
do with do with a bit of bit of wintry uh, wind uh, coming through your your windows there because you have got a window directly opposite, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Get the sun. It's over there, but nothing's happening at the moment. I'm, <laughs> I'm also keeping an eye on some of my collection because I don't want a gust getting it. So if you see me dash off, <laughs> yeah, 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 swept away, or, or by a call. We've got, we've people are exchanging their weather reports here. Greetings from a hot and humid Canada from the Geek Inside. So Hi, Geek Inside, Neil over there, always, always here on the clock. As is Lord Thoth. Hello, everyone. Lord Hello, Thoth. Lord Thoth. We salute. Actually, what, what, what should I do when in the presence of a lord? I'm not entirely sure. I shouldn't curtsy, should I? What? Is, what is? <laughs> I think I've got to bow. Laugh. But if I bow, if I bow, I'll hit my head on the mic, and that would be very silly. So I'm just, <laughs> just virtually, just yeah, just I'm go. <laughs> virtually, virtually bowing. Yeah. Okay. Who else is here? Yes, it's going to be a bit different Ooh. this afternoon. We're a, cu a couple of the uh, regular crowd down. They'll be back next week. But in the meantime, we are blessed, thank heaven, with Doctor Who fandom royalty in the form of the original Hunatic and uh, your mate, my mate, Simon Horton. <laughs> Yeah, Hello, sorry mate. everybody. I'm 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 still here, whether you like it or not. Sorry, <laughs> like a bad penny. You, you you can't get rid of me. Sorry. Oh, welcome back, my friend. Welcome back. People are really enjoying that video that we made. Well, the video stroke podcast stroke vodcast we made about the clack book from Candy Jar Books. Oh yeah. The views and yeah. views are going up on it. People are getting in touch and saying that they've ordered. They really really like it. We have a competition coming, don't we? Candy Candy Jar have been in touch with us. Yeah. Yeah, we so, do. We've got a competition coming for a, for a, a copy of Clack. A candy jar um, have very kindly donated a, a copy of Clack for us to give away to celebrate our uh, our um, our video all about Clack. So yeah. so we've got that coming up. Are we doing that next week, Dan? Is that right? That's coming next week, yeah, because it's our sort of mid season mid season break point next week. So we'll tell you all about that next so week. Got to see you win a copy of Clack. You absolutely have. But speaking of Candy Jar, we have got another. We've got a special guest this time. Now, he's been on the podcast before. He's never been on with us live. But he's also one of the, one of the Candy Jar family. So this, this gentleman, he's an illustrator and a writer. He's also a prop builder and a special effects sort of genius, really. The things that this man can do with a 3D printer just blows my mind. I think we've already accepted that I know nothing about 3D printing. Anyway, that's not very hard. But he's also an actor a voice artist, and most importantly, he is a master. I'm not going to even try and do the laugh. Instead, I'm going to bring on Terry Cooper. Here he is, everybody. <laughs> Hi, this Terry. is my JT cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> it's rubbish. <laughs> I know. I know. Hello, everyone. We love it. We love it. Yes, yeah, so you're involved with Candy Jar Books as well, aren't you? So which projects have you worked on for them? Uh, right. Well, a very little-known fact is Candy Jar Books was – uh, formed uh, primarily to publish my first novel. Um, wow. I put um, okay. a trilogy of sci-fi comedy books out back in 2008. And when the first one came out, the guy who was going to uh, publish it, um, he f landed up in hospital with heart failure and wasn't able to go ahead with it. So Sean Russell, who now runs Candy Jar, I was working with him at the time and said, hey, let's let's put it out ourselves uh, and he formed candy jar because of that and as wow. you know he got me involved with colin baker to record the audio version of my novel um and yeah. candy jar just took off and they've been my main employers for proofreading artwork uh yeah. you name it ever since so you know uh i i, well, I do everything for and with candy jar 
Yeah. Well, Candy Jar are great, and Sean Russell is, is an absolute gent. You are a true gent, sir, uh, if you're watching this. So, so you know, we salute Oh, yeah, Candy. absolutely. He, he, he cares about Doctor Who more than anything, mm -hmm. even his wife and kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's my fan. He wouldn't want anybody to know, but he's a huge fan. Don't tell anyone. Sorry, Mrs. Oh, Russell, no. if you're watching. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, well, we've got a comment here. Tessa Cooper, the best Delgado Master since Delgado, since Problem Being watching the channel. Oh, yes, and because I, I was Terry. on a, a call with Problem Being, wasn't I, a while ago? Who was I talking to? Was I a live call? Oh, Probably. it was a reading. For, it was a reading for one of the um, Black Glove Studio Doctor Who uh, audio plays, audio adventures, and Problem now, Being. Are we allowed to talk about that, or is Chris going to descend like Chris would love a wormhole it. and tell us all off? <laughs> I, I, think so, Chris, I think Chris is quite happy to, to you know, the all the publicity uh, that we okay. can give Okay, so this is Chris McEwen, isn't it, who's the head honcho at Black Glove Studio. And uh, together you worked extensively, didn't you, on that on that story, the final game where, where yes. you played the master, which was, yeah. was uh, delivered on YouTube. I listened to all 27 hours of it, uh, and you were fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seemed to what? go it, back it, three and a half years, but you were brilliant. The whole thing was great. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it, it's seven episodes, and they're all about, I don't know, over an hour long, but... What you don't know is that we've done two stories since then, one called The Broken Sky, one called The Wounded Earth, and I'm about to record the final one called The uh, the Shards of Mondas. So there's loads of Master and Third Doctor stuff coming out, and also he's working on Fifth Doctor and stuff, but I'm not saying any more. <laughs> more of that to come. I'll put some links in the show notes so everybody can go and hear this. If you haven't already, we did a podcast with both Chris and Terry earlier on in the year. It was a very, obviously, very interesting and very. Uh, how can I put this? Well, it was very good of you both to speak at the about the creative process in the way that you did. You know, you were very open about how you put these things together, and yeah, we we listened to it. I found it incredibly exciting. That, that boy over there, that boy over there with the handle. Yeah, can I ask a question? <laughs> can i ask a question uh for those those people like myself who aren't aware of what this is what what exactly are these um adventures and where 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 do you get them and what have you you know because um we all know the the main one the big yeah. one um but this is this is quite new i mean this is um this is fairly uh interesting news and uh, maybe there might be others like me in the same boat so what what, what are you talking about I think the, the easiest I could be on TV can... news, couldn't I, with these links? No, I mean. <laughs> the easiest way I can describe it is um, what little I know is Chris McKeon in the States. Uh, he wrote a, a novel, I believe, uh, back in the wilderness years called Times Champion. And he was quite well known for that. And he's got oh, a really. That's uh, just rung a bell somewhere. It, yeah. <laughs> the old grey cells. He, yes. Okay. Really, um, it was with Craig Hinson, wasn't Craig, it? That book? We, we were Craig. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, he he decided to do black glove studio as a way of um, making the final game, which was, you know, his interpretation of that last Roger Delgado script. Um, and okay. Okay. Keeping the ball rolling ever since with uh, stories that are now spreading into the Sarah Jane era, the fifth doctor era, all kinds of things. And are these licensed? No, they're just fan audios and just, um, just fun. Just for fun. fun. Just for fun. Don't don't sue us, Mr. Briggs. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> talking about just talking about just for fun. Obviously, Terry as an illustrator and artist your, yourself, and somebody who's had to sort of mimic as well the the vocal inflections of another performer. How do you feel about fan art? We love a bit of fan art here on Type Forty. Um, <laughs> I love it. I think fan art. Um, 
uh, I I love all types of artwork, but I don't have a lot of time for anime. I'm sorry if there's anime fans out there, because <laughs> me neither. Uh, <laughs> it, it's so easy to it's so easy to kind of to show, quickly no. put a stripy scarf on a spiky head character and go look, it's anime. And um, yeah. yeah. I would rather yeah. a bit more effort put into a piece into a piece of fan art. You know what I mean. So I'm well, not going to dig any deeper for myself. So so nothing like nothing like the new Blu-ray releases or anything like that, Terry. No. Oh, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't <laughs> been referring to so. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I wanted to talk about this because, in light of the fact that we we've looked at uh, a Chris Akaleos's book, Clack, in some detail, it's I recently look. I saw this. On, on Twitter last week, and I just oh, I had really? to show it to Simon. Now there oh, are yeah. lots of there are lots of fan artists out there at the moment that, that are trying to mimic Chris's style with yeah. you know with the limited success. I mean everybody should give these things a go and flex those creative muscles. I bet you agree with that, don't you, Terry? Yeah, but totally. This... Um, uh, obviously the um, the official novelizations of newer um, stories, um, you know, with the Tenth Doctor, etc., have all been done in that Achilles style. Mm. I don't know if Chris approves or not of them, um, but you, you could see that they're trying to keep that target yeah. sort of house style in a way. Which, um, from what little I, I spoke to Chris Achilles once on the phone about Clack, I was um, I was talking about artwork to him, um, and I I'm not sure he. Be hundred yeah. percent behind yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I would. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> reason to, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, actually, you know that uh, Terry, because you know we've had this conversation before. There are so many good artists around with their own interpretation, and the whole beauty of the target range originally was that after a while, the covers were done by different artists who were mm -hmm. expressing yeah. themselves with their own style. Um, you yeah. know, this, and we had this conversation, didn't we, guys? You know, yeah. a, a wee while ago, they've missed a trick by doing that with the the, the new yeah. version of the target yeah. range. It's the nostalgia thing i think but i i will give credit to menace spreads on twitter there who did that is that is a really nice cover uh, mm. i'm not going to uh, denigrate them for for no. going for something they they've they've succeeded in that they want to en emulate chris achilles style so fair play you know they've done they've done that at least i see them a lot all the time I, this is the one that really caught my eye I mean, Simon, I was, and i, I had to show it to you I, I, I personally, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just a really, really, it, it's, am I still here? Yes, yeah. we can still hear you. Am I breaking up? You're not no, breaking we've got, up. We've got you. We've oh, got I'm still you. here. Okay, I thought I might have gone AWOL like last week. <laughs> um, I love this. I love the idea. It's a brilliant idea. Why has nobody thought of putting the two Troutons side by side previously for Enemy of the World? Mm. And so Ooh. I love to see this where, where a fan is going out and doing an, an Achilleos style cover. What I don't approve of, which JT has already said what we've talked about in the past, is basically ripping Chris Achilleos' style off to then yeah. sell books. We're not doing it with this cover. This is just a, uh, some, a fan who's put this together really well. All credit to you. Love to see yeah. somebody um, paying homage to Chris Achilleos rather than trying to rip him off and pretend Ooh. to be his style on a book that you are then going to flog to the public, which really yeah. Yeah. rankles with me. But this yeah. is great. There's, a one. there's a difference in being inspired by other artists and taking that into your own artistic integrity and just ripping people off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're ripping Chris off, another, I think, with the, with the target we have, these days. We have another artist or two watching in the chat, fully enough. We've got a problem being says imitation oh. is the highest form of flattery, except if they don't pay you. I think that's fair yeah, enough. Yeah, that and, hi. Exactly. 
A big hello to Alex Stora watching in the chat, also an illustrator. Hello, Alex. I rediscovered my love of creating Who Fan Art last year and found a whole new style. Amazing how it in still inspires art. Uh, the rabbi watching. Hey, the rabbi. The rabbi from another planet has blessed our stream, everybody's feet. <laughs> he says, the only anime I can stand was that short John Pertwee, Doctor Who short. Oh, yes, yeah, that, I know. That, that is Michael, really Michael good. Michael Ota King Johnson did that. Michael Johnson um, started off on DeviantArt, and then it got more oh, and more. He ended up working what on... Was that? Um, what, what are we talking about? It's, what are we talking um, about? If you go on YouTube, you just type in anime third Doctor Doctor yeah. Who, basically. and It's Michael very good. Johnson, I'm doing it Basically... Done an entire Pertwee story using Sidemen Side and Daleks in a full on anime style, um, using clips of John Pertwee's voice, etc. And um, it's it's amazing. It does you'd think yeah. it was just made in Japan. Um, it's very colorful as well, as Simon. It's just like it's like a whole sort of the Brigadiers in it, two versions of the Master. We've got a brand new companion in there, and it's just full on action and it's all that color. And oh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Terry. It's the only thing I could watch. Uh, he, he later on he started to work on the official reconstructions though hasn't he um he was doing some black and white um he did episode, the reign of terror episode. he he worked on the reign of terror release so that when that went to right. dvd so that's probably been a good eight years ago which yeah. means that the anime thing that he did was probably around 15 years ago ouch yeah easily, oh, easily. wow Wow. It is a long, long. I'm glad he's. I'm, obviously, I'm glad he's gone on to actual commercial success. Problem being reminds us that the Cybermen in that anime short uh, look incredible. I wish they made them look like that in the TV show. It is. Yeah. It, if you haven't seen it, Simon, you you've probably seen a still from it and not realised because that um, tends to be everywhere. But it's yeah, it's really really good. I think we ought to approach the guy who made that. that. Try and we ought to try and get him on the show. What do you think? Mm. I think if you yeah, use God the artist's style and the, the artist is still alive, it's very rude, ago. adds Matt Pott, who's also an yeah. artist in the chat. And I have to agree with that, Matt. I think that's I more than well. fair enough. Yeah. And we've got another similar comment here from Digby Strawbridge. The, Achille the Achilleos style is so associated with the golden years of Doctor Who that it's a way to access that wealth of nostalgia there in people's brains, which is pretty much what you said, wasn't it, Terry? It chimes with the nostalgia. Go it does. It does. But like you yeah. said, it, so it would be not, nice to try different... You know, yeah. Um, well, yeah, or or employ Chris Akileos to do the artwork. Well, you're going to yeah. AP style, <laughs> you know, <laughs> one or the other. I, I suppose. I'm sure he does draw some David Tennant hey. covers and Matt Smith covers, etc. It stands stands a good old chance. Whilst uh, whilst I remember everybody, yeah, we are broadcasting live. <laughs> <laughs> Before kickoff of the England versus Germany match, yes, we are live here on <laughs> on YouTube, the world's largest streaming platform. And to you, everybody out there in the Type 40 Facebook group and Type 40 Facebook page. So everybody doing that wave now, say hello or do a Wembley wave if you like. But it's really great of you all to join us because, yeah, I mean, real proper geeks, we, we don't understand football, do we? we don't. <laughs> or is, is that a cliche? Is that a cliche? Do you know any football fans who are sci-fi fans or vice versa? I, I, the jury's out. If, show of hands in the chat if anybody does in our live chat here. It's got people commenting along. Do any of you like football as well? Not got anybody so far. Uh, problem being, fills in the gaps here for us on the anime, Doctor Who. I think it is 10 years since that video was uploaded, but I think it was re-uploaded from a standard definition version. So it's amazing it's still available the way the BBC is going right now. Yeah. It is. Yeah. 
He's since done a, a really nice mm -hmm. Star yes, Wars one. Um, so is it? as well. Oh, it's about oh. Uh, it's from the from the point of view of a female Tie Fighter pilot taking down loads of X wings. It's amazing. Well, it's amazing. That's still around the way Kathleen Kennedy's going. <laughs> it's the same with everything now. Well, the way that we're going, everything's going brilliantly so far. A lot better than last last oh, week when we had the adipose in now. the system, isn't it? But yes, it's all going brilliantly. You can like the video now. We're safe to like. Like the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We, we know that there are plenty of people watching and watching and watching and still not subscribing. Come on. What more do you want? This is gold. We have the master. <laughs> we have artists. We've got a lot more to come on the show over the next hour or so to keep you away. If they don't start from subscribing if they don't subscribe i'm going to yeah. start taking my clothes off that'll that'll run <laughs> oh, no. there you go it's not, right now not quite that hot, yes. <laughs> yes so subscribe to the channel and hit the little cloister bell so you get those notifications about when we go live next and you can catch the audio version of this too on the type 40 feed the type 40 podcast feed type 40.podbean.com along with the podcast itself that's all coming up. Oh, yeah, <laughs> people are drawing a blank on the football. People don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Queen Charlotte's watching in the chat. She says, well, Matt Smith was going to be a footballer before mm. before he got an injury. Oh, Does yeah. that count? Uh, no. Well, okay. he's not, he's not <laughs> a geek, though, is he? Yeah, he's, not a, he's not a geek. As much as I like Matt Smith, he's, he's not. And Digby says, I accidentally attended a match between Fulham you accidentally went to a football match between Fulham and Southampton. I managed to <laughs> finish claim. them. I managed to finish the book that I was reading. <laughs> oh, really? Digby, that's interesting because I have to Respect say, um, I went to a football match once as well, yes. and it was Charlton Athletic, which was the football team of Ace, and uh, I had an ice oh, cream. Yeah. Oh, get you. Is that a euphemism? In honour well, of... <laughs> in honor of Sophie, it's been it's been like this all afternoon, everybody. We're in a very we're in a silly mood, I think, aren't we? Why not? It's the, heat that's getting to, it's the heat I that's getting to him. Sure. I don't know what our excuse is, everybody else. Ah, uh, yes. So first on the list, as you know, we've got a few stories to to get through this afternoon. Yeah. The first the first one on the list is uh, it's a sad one, I'm afraid, everybody, as you probably noticed. So uh, last Wednesday, after we live streamed. Uh, last show, last Tuesday, yeah, that's right. So yeah, last Wednesday, uh, the news broke. I think it was Phantom Films that that uh, first tweeted about this, that uh, Jackie Lane had passed away. Uh, Jackie played Dodo Chaplet, of course, companion of the first Doctor in the mid-60s. And uh, I think it's fair to say that this, this actress or former actress was one of the most enigmatic people in the Doctor Who family. She moved on to other things really quite quickly after leaving Doctor Who, to great success too. And uh, nonetheless, there was there were several Doctor Who fans who were privileged enough to to meet her and, and to spend time with her. And they speak of a uh, a warm woman, even if she uh, didn't see a great deal of value in going over it over and over again. I, I think that's the general lay of the land with with Jackie Lane. Now. Guys, you know, you, when I say the most enigmatic person in the Doctor Who family, it's because she she did move on from the from the role quickly for one reason or another. We'll come to that in a moment. And as I said, she went on to this career, this other career, didn't she? And mm. didn't I think she was either too busy or not so inclined to attend the conventions and and because she stopped acting, she hasn't ever been on a big Finnish audio or anything like that. 
and so that enigma has been completely maintained, hasn't it, JT, over 40, 50 years? It really has, and it sort of um, it sort of fits the whole image of Jackie Lane with Dodo, of course, because Dodo was Dodo was in the show for such a relatively short time, and then dumped very unceremoniously. Let's be honest about it. Um, and and it's, that whole thing is, you know, when you look back at the history of Doctor Who, and there's Dodo. Um, it's it, who's she? Where did she come? And, and the character is enigmatic, and so is Jackie. So was Jackie Lane, and and this, but this actually. Um, when the news came through, I don't know about you guys, but this actually hit harder than yeah, I was expecting yeah. it to. Oh my god! You know, Jackie Lane's just passed. You know, it was it was it was amazing. I think that we all kind of hoped, even though time passes on, uh, Simon. I think we all kind of hoped that we'd hear more from her at at some point, see more of her. We want we want these members of the Doctor Who family to be happy and live the lives that they that they wish to live with their loved ones and and in their chosen career or if they're retired, enjoy their retirement. But we can't help but be greedy and want to know more about them, can we? Well, I think you're right, Dan, in that she's probably, I honestly can't think of a more enigmatic actress that played one of the companions. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe Maureen. Adrian Hill. I think, yeah, Adrian Hill probably is the only one. I mean, Maureen O'Brien at least kind of came back to the fold maybe a little bit more um, than mm. Jackie Lee. Um, but, but Jackie, I, I don't know. I wonder whether... Jackie kind of felt that she wasn't very much loved by the Doctor Who family because, as JT says, she was so unceremoniously literally kicked out of the show um, mid-story to the extent where she was just sent off. Well, she, she, she gets sent off to a, to a house in the country somewhere, doesn't she? And literally we never see from her or hear from her again. And the Doctor yeah, just... The Doctor just disappears at the end of the story in the TARDIS and never even mentions her, really. There's no concern. She's very unloved by, um, well, seemingly by the Doctor and thus by the show itself. And I think it's such a shame that she got, she clearly got very, very rough treatment. And mm. what I find frustrating is that actually, uh, to me, it's the character that is at fault dodo's character rather than anything jackie lane did i think she was a great actress and you can see that i still my, one of my favorite scenes still is that in the um in the at the uh in the gunfight is at the end of episode one where she's got it where she's singing and, and they're terrified because they can hear the, the the gunslingers on the way and she's great she does some beautiful beautiful stuff in doctor who and she just i just think it's a problem with the production team they just didn't know what to do with the character they, they, I think they just messed it up. They messed up her, literally her accent changes from one story to the next. And I honestly don't think that's Jackie Lane's fault. I think it's that they just didn't really, they weren't focused. Something was wrong at that point. They weren't focused on what they were doing. Maybe it was because Billy Hartnell was sort of winding down a bit and they were they were feeling their way through. What were they going to do with Billy Hartnell? They knew he was, it was difficult with Hartnell at the time. And so maybe they just took their eyes off the ball and they didn't know what they were doing with the character. And I think, the character suffers as a result and poor old Jackie ultimately has also suffered as a result within Doctor Who circles. Terry, it must have been very heady for this young woman at the time. You know, she'd auditioned for the role of Susan just before the show had started. Obviously, she wasn't successful. Carolyn Ford took that no. role. So she auditioned for Susan and went into another few a few other roles in the in the meantime. She had uh, roles in uh, soap operas, Coronation Street and Compact, which was a big show at the time. She was in both of those and a couple of thriller series. And and 
1965, two to three years later, after Doctor Who launched, there she's auditioning for another character at a time that the show was massively popular, wasn't it, in 1965? It would have been a difficult offer to refuse, wouldn't it, for a young young actress? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, It's testament to how how um short-lived her, her doctor who career was is that she's the one companion I, I know practically nothing about and when you compare it to the length of the entire show her three stories was just a blip and um like i say i don't know much about it other than that she was unceremoniously kicked out by innis lloyd who had other ideas um i think for her and stephen but um mm-hmm. There's there's a, a quote that I just saw on uh, w- her Wikipedia entry um, that, uh, as a voice actor, really uh, made me giggle because um, she said years later she was running a uh, voiceover company and Innes Lloyd came to her asking for work and she said, I remember you sacked me from Doctor Who, so no. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Genuine, so can you blame her? Story. Can you blame yeah. her? Respect you know. to her for that. I think, yeah, she was, after... I think she was just poorly, poorly served by the show, poorly served by the production team. Um, but as somebody has, as I've just seen commented in the uh, in the thread, we, we, we yes, the celestial toy crimpling doubloon says if the celestial toy maker existed and the savages, her contribution would oh, be yeah. appreciated. And I think that that's definitely true to say there's so little of Jackie Lane uh, uh, and the character yeah. of Dodo that we can actually yeah. see. Um, yep. there's very little to judge her by. And, and I think the, the tr- real tragedy of this is the only thing you kind of think of when you think of Dodo is her being literally kicked out halfway through the war machines. That's what well, here you remember we are. of Dodo. These mm-hmm. are the, the stories, the, the Dodo stories. We've got them up on screen now. We're a little uh, montage here. Which this is uh, she, yeah. So she made her first appearance in the final episode of The Massacre of St. Bartholomew's Eve. A very fleeting appearance, which sadly doesn't exist. And then on to appear in four stories, The Ark, The Celestial Toymaker, The Gunfighters, and The Savages. And then, as, as you said, she departs halfway through her final story, the, the War Machines. So, you know, she starts in the February of 1965 on screen, and by June ni- uh, 1966, sorry, and by June 1966... That's it. It's it's bye bye dodo. So there are some great stories there. I mean, I particularly I love the war machines. I'm I, the Ark. Adore that. The savages. Okay, some of these stories don't exist, but I love the savages. The reconstruction of that. But uh, you could say that the character was a was just a a Susan substitute in the same way that Vicky had started out as a Susan substitute. And maybe they would have fleshed her out more over time. Oh, yeah. But as Terry said, a new broom came in, had completely other ideas for all of the characters on screen. So it's yeah. it's unfortunate. And considering the fact, for example, I mean, they, they changed her accent three times. They kept giving a different direction about how she was going to play the part. <laughs> and so it's incredible that she managed to keep it together and to keep it on track and to keep the characters recognisable as, as she did, I think, JT. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we know about the behind the scenes issues that were going on at the time. We know that um, Dodo was not perceived as being the swinging element that they wanted to reflect the, the modern day that, society that yeah, was going on yeah. there. We know all about this. But had the the there had been that continuity, had they fleshed her out, I think, you know, she would have had a good run. I think she would have been able to. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And and unfortunately it did have an effect but i also think as well that maybe jackie lane 
was sort of forgotten by us for a long time as well by fandom as a whole you know you know when when fandom started to have conventions in the 80s i don't know how many of those she would have been invited to because we went for the big guns you know we really did go for the big guns to get people in to see them so we went for the doctors we went yeah. for the liz sladens we went for the caroline johns you know at katie mannings um, i don't know i don't know and we've I got TARDIS, TARDIS time in the chat. Just ask, she wasn't was. she Matt Smith's agent at one point? No, she wasn't. That was Wendy Padbury. Wendy, Wendy Padbury. Padbury discovered Matt Smith oh. pretty much. Go on, sorry, Simon. Uh, no, all I was going to say is I think in many ways, literally, her, her time is <laughs> is doomed from the minute she appears at the end of the massacre because she, they don't even write her in properly. It would have made complete sense for, the, <laughs> for, for one of the characters from the massacre to actually follow through. But no, they, they, they just randomly, at the end of the massacre, land it, is it Wimbledon Common? I think they'll land on, and they just happen to bump into somebody Wimbledon who Common, happens yeah. to maybe yeah. have been related to somebody. They've just been, <laughs> what? What? So, so the poor, the poor Jackie Lane and the character were kind of doomed from, from the word go because it was just like this. What? It, it, none of it makes any sense. It's, well, it's uh, like what I always say, though, you know, at the time, what would it have been like to have been little and watching it in 1966? Because that sort of stuff wouldn't have been looked at then because it was a one off, wasn't it, back then? True. And you would have just thought, like, we've just been through literally a massacre, um, <laughs> a heavy story. And then you're getting a new person in. The new girls arrived at the end of the story. It could have yeah. it could have freshened it up maybe for that those particular children watching at that time. We but, won't know. Uh, we can't. We can't relate to it. But I can't help thinking that it would have just been better to me to say at the beginning of the uh, of the arc and, and and not even try to sort of tag it on at the end of the massacre. It's just a bit like a bit. It just seems a bit yeah. random. I, I know what you're saying, but it's been done many many times since. I mean, Freema Ajman's cousin, who happens to look exactly the same yeah, as the yeah, character that was fibonized. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff. We've got a great comment here in the chat from Enigmatic Joker. What is the difference between a friend of the Doctor and a companion of the Doctor? The answer is, of course, that. around 55 years, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got people Go still on, comparing what, temperatures the in the chat as well. I, I would say a difference between a friend of the Doctor and a companion of the Doctor is travelling with the Doctor. Because the Brig and Benton are all friends of the Doctor. Yeah, yeah. They don't travel. They're not companions in that. They don't travel with him in the TARDIS very often or very much. I, I'm not saying they haven't, but I think you'd say a companion is someone who, who spends more time with him on adventures rather than he goes to visit them like he would drop off to the Brigadier. Do you hear that, yeah. Chris? Hope you're listening, Chris, everybody at BBC Studios. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I quite think, right, obviously. I, I, I'd say the doctor doesn't, doesn't actually like the word companion anyway. I think the word companion is so, it's so arm's length. It's so formal. Do you know what? We, we used to say assistant when we were young, didn't we? Assistant, assistant. is bad. Yeah. Assistants, yeah. they're friends. They're, to me, they well, are friends. They're all yeah. friends. A magician has an assistant, no. don't they, in my view. She had some great costumes, uh, notes, crimpling doubloon, watching along along here in the chat did she have some she had some she had some very eye-catching very distinctive the, costumes the has to be the costume in the ark that's yeah. so out there the the, the, the tabard that she wears in the ark is brilliant with the with the shield on what's uh, this yeah. companions got replaced by friend listen when i yeah. when i was when i was brought up watching tom uh, the word companion was what was used. It's in the yes. Target novels. It was in yeah. all the factual books. What yeah. is wrong with the word companion? I don't get it. I would say, I would say as well that the difference is the Doctor has many friends through time and space in many, many universes and many worlds. His companions, though, are his best friends. Yeah. Uh, his companion is 
uh, Joe, Sarah Jane, Leela, K9, etc., etc., etc. I agree. I think the companions that live and breathe adventure with him when they go off in the TARDIS for however long they are away yeah. in the TARDIS. That's the companion. Well, I don't see what the problem not, is. JT, believe it or not, at the dawn of this kind of what we're now seeing now play off in, uh, across what, what they're calling a culture war, which probably is a culture war, uh, companions got replaced by friend as companion is is deemed as a little uh, uh, problematic phrase, as problem being is mentioned this? here in the chat. Why? Because apparently it has sexual connotations. Oh, to make it good. sound what like it's something to do, of heaving to, do with, to do with I prostitution. I think it's only if you think in that way. Yeah. But I, quite, exactly. I, think we, I think we should use associate, like when the Dalek said, we have your associate. Ah, I like Yeah, that works for me. We've got a lovely comment here from Gene Roddenberry. Washington. Companion, 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 companion. Screw you, BBC. I'm sick of you. <laughs> so uh, Gene Roddenberry adds that Dodo Chaplet wasn't everyone's favourite, but I think she had a distinctive personality. And, and Jackie pa played her beautifully, I, I, yeah. would, I would. Well, the one thing I would add to that is, is if nothing else, she's Dodo is always a joy to watch. Whatever story she's in, now she might not be everybody's favourite companion, but she's always just great fun and a joy to watch. She's very easy to watch. She's a pleasant companion to watch, I would say. Um, as Tardis Time just commented, fam, yuck. Let's get rid oh, of the yeah, word fam. Let's keep companion. Let's keep all the other words, but get rid of fam. No, well, when the series comes back, we might be able to do that, you know, when it actually comes back as a show that we all recognize and can we'll get into. And and it's like, I'm with me squad now. Oh, me squad, me posse. Yeah, it does great every yeah. single time you hear it. It's, it's, it doesn't get any easier on the ear, that one. Yeah, you, we don't oh, need right. the F word in Doctor Who, as no, uh, <laughs> the Light Dreams once just said. Certainly don't. <laughs> well, no yeah. The the thing with uh, with Jackie Lane as well. I mean, yeah. you know, she she left the role as we've said, not of her own accord. Her contract was uh, was discontinued by by Innes Lloyd. But yeah, she had the last laugh. Uh, Terry told you the story there. That's one hundred percent true. Uh, she went on after Doctor Who. She became a diplomatic secretary. Let's just check my notes. Uh, working in Paris for some time, then she returned oh. to the UK. She started an antique shop of all things, but. Uh, quite quickly drifted back into uh, into show business in another form as a theatrical agent she represented tom baker throughout the 80s it says and Did uh, she? Of course, really? tom I baker. wow and Aww. she represented janet fielding too now there, oh, there is a story out there from from keith barnfather who runs real time pictures wow. And he's, he put up a, a really nice tribute to Jackie, whereby he was trying to get Tom Baker on board to uh, to voice some corporate videos for him and obviously to, to record an interview with him. And he had to go through Tom's agent to make that possible. So he said he was talking to Tom's agent for quite a long period of time. We are talking months, if not years, while they put these various projects and deals together. He just knew her as Jackie. Eventually, just she just drops out. That oh, I used to be in Doctor Who. No. <laughs> and Keith being Keith being Keith, Keith, <laughs> Keith, the lights came on, and and he started yeah plotting and putting their their interview together. Which wow, goodness me. Yes, so Jackie Lane gave very few interviews. There's a couple with Doctor Who magazine over the years. 
We'll mm. come to one of those in a moment. And not much on screen, but she did record a full Mythmakers interview with Keith Barn Father's real-time pictures. The links to that, where you can get it, are in the show notes of the video and the description for the podcast. Here's the uh, here's the t- here's the trailer for that for, from Real Time Pictures, Keith. So yeah, this is send all your custom his way. You can either stream it or buy it in Discord. How much did he ad lib because of that? If he, if perhaps he felt that he was losing the line, did he? Oh, he, he knew did. the character. Oh yes, so I, I remember one speech he did, and it was quite a long one. And it was absolute nonsense. You know, <laughs> we got to the end of it, and and we all just sort of looked at one another. And there were no cues, and we, he didn't know what he'd said. And somehow he, he went back and picked it up and did the, the entire thing absolutely immaculately. But just that first time, I mean, it was a gobbledygook. It was <laughs> <laughs> but he gave it a go anyway. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He <laughs> kept sort of, going. <laughs> what sort of actor was he? Did he sometimes give you the nod if he needed a bit of help? Or? No, 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 no. I mean, he was very concerned with his own character and performance, and yes. Yeah, there, there she is. There's not many interviews with Jackie that that are out there, but uh, that one on the Mythmakers release, that's available for you to go and grab that, stream it, or buy it on disc. Oh, she's also on the Doctor's release, is she, Simon? Yeah, she's on She's on here, which which um, which I've got recently and haven't got around to watching it yet. But, yeah, she's, uh, if you can just make it out, yeah, she's on the she's on the back there, Jackie Lane. There she is. So she's, yeah, she, so, so that interview, I'm assuming, is the one that's on the, on this disc. And these discs are great. If you haven't looked into these already, these are fantastic. There's about, what is that, five hours on this, and it costs about wow. 10 quid or something <laughs> from, 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 well, various retailers, um, let's just say that, and, and direct from uh, real time pictures, uh, which I think their web address is Time Travel TV. Uh, or something along those lines. Um, so I'd highly, I've got all of these. They're fantastic. They, for a while, they were on BritBox as well, or was it Amazon Prime? There we go. They, says. they were, but I believe they're not anymore because I was I was going to watch them on Amazon. They were on Amazon, sorry. They were on, they were Amazon, on Amazon Prime. Prime yeah. they, they're not on there anymore. I've been thinking about about yeah going in and buying the physical media copies actually because they do seem They're like really expensive. really great releases yeah inexpensive matt pot says i love that video where she is in her 60s smoking around paris rest in peace oh so matt's obviously got a copy of that so he recommends you get hold of the of the myth makers release too good stuff yeah so uh, jackie didn't appear on any of the official dvds guys she uh she wasn't well, yeah. interested in going over it and going over it, which you can, you can, you know, as much as we want to know more about these people, you have to respect that, don't you, Terry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just going back, I mean, like five hours of stuff on those videos are great, but is there any chance we get to hear the uh, the William Hartnell gobbledygook? I want to hear. One day I shall come back. Yes, gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be honest, no why don't you just, do just watch anything from '66? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chatter- with all the kindness in my heart, there, but just, just watch any of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, somebody mentioned in the chat earlier on. Of course, we were watching the the legendary Doctor Who after part after party back in 2013 Ooh. on BBC Ooh. Three. I think that was where all the oh. companions came back and did. Many of them were there in person, of course, weren't they? And, and uh, Jackie did do a bit to camera. So this is this is her on screen back in 2013. I think we all sort of whelped a little <laughs> when we saw her, and uh, yeah, may, maybe even uh, I think we were certainly surprised, weren't we? Yeah. We were stunned. I remember just being Very absolutely welcome. shocked. I was like, it's Jackie Lane. We weren't expecting yeah. it. 
It was the highlight of, being, of, of the show, I would say. I remember just being stunned by the whole show. Yeah, we were all stunned <laughs> by the show. I'm still <laughs> having therapy for that show. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, as a, as a very private very private woman uh, we know very little about about her family but her family did after after she passed in the middle of last week there was the the hashtag and lots of tributes over on twitter so the mm. whole social media thing happened and her family they that word reached them of all of that affection that was being pointed in Jackie's direction and yeah, so they they released this picture this is from uh, oh, this is from wow. Sarah Kearney and she she says it has a, so yes yeah, she was Jackie's great niece, and she said it is it's blown my mind this evening to see how many tributes have come pouring in for my great aunt after the news broke today. I'm not sure I've ever grasped just how much she meant to Doctor Who fans, and I'm sure she would be amazed. So, uh, nice picture there. It's, Jackie, a, it's a lovely tribute, and I think that that sort of just goes to sh sort of back at what I, I was saying earlier, which is I just think I don't, I'm not sure Jackie ever quite realised that how, how important she was to Doctor Who fans. And no, as we said, no, she wasn't favourite companion. She wasn't on that list, but it didn't mean that she wasn't just as important as everybody that, that that's appeared on screen in Doctor Who at some point. And we, you know, we we do love them all and we care about them all. And I'm not sure Jackie ever quite realised that, mm. and that mm. just seems such a shame to me. Maybe she did. Maybe she did eventually. I don't know. I hope she did. I hope. She well, she did. certainly she certainly did a few signings where there were queues for people to go and see her. So I'm sure she was aware. I'd like to think she was because people were uh, there. You know. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she apparently, I mean, I got my facts wrong earlier on. Let's just co correct what I said earlier. Uh, Jackie was successful in auditioning for the role of Susan back in 1963. She was offered the part, uh, but turned what? it down. She she decided she didn't want to be tied down to that four years contract playing wow. Susan. Uh, of course, you know, time over, over time. Maybe she had more work then than, than she had later. Who knows? And, of course, Doctor Who then, when it first started in 63, you know, it may have ended up being the biggest joke on, on telly. You, you don't know. I suppose for somebody looking to get involved with something like that, that regular show every week, it could have been a huge disaster. But by 65 into 66, the show's an established hit with a much-loved, in particular, leading man. So, obviously, a, a change of heart. And uh, maybe work was uh, not so... Not so abundant. It's it's hard to I, say, isn't it? I I would like to think, and I don't suppose it happened, but I'd like to think that that maybe they recorded a, a, an interview with her with Matthew Sweet for a Blu-ray release at some point. I don't know whether they will have done. I'm assuming not. What a shame that they didn't. If they didn't, and I'm assuming they didn't. So, mm -hmm. so that because that would have been fantastic to see a you know a real flagship <clears throat> interview with her talking about that stuff down i had no idea that she'd been offered the role of susan turned it down that would have been great to hear her talking about that extraordinary isn't it yeah uh, obviously obviously yeah our condolences and yeah. respects to jackie lane's family and gratitude and affection for everything that she did in 1966 in yeah. that in that role and uh, you, you saw that clip of her speaking earlier on everybody how she was clearly looking back on the time with affection. I think Terry, there were no, there was no animosity there, was that? So obviously, well, yeah, the mean, success that she went on to in her chosen career, Doctor Who would have probably been just a, a blip for her. 
Yeah, and and like you like you you said earlier that uh, at the time of getting the audition, etc., you know, you don't have the benefit of foresight of of what you're turning down or whatever. You've just got to make the decisions there and in the moment. And um, yeah, like you said, to see her talking about her time on Doctor Who, you know, she probably like all of us kind of look back over the past, and your brain kind of likes to filter out some of the bad moments and remember the good times, and you kind of go all in all you know it, things turned out okay so i think you know it's nice to know that she didn't she didn't uh close herself off or completely turn her back on on those days you know well said well said people in the chat have been sharing their memories of the classic show as well and of, and of jackie lane's contribution lots of affection lots of lots of people delighted at the at the pictures there of her as well because you know it's um it's just nice. It's well. It's really, really generous of the family to share just a, just one memory mm. like that with with strangers. So I I couldn't believe it when I saw that. But yeah, uh, obviously rest in peace, Jackie. We we will we will miss you. Uh, isn't that lovely? Says Alex Stora in the chat over on YouTube. And uh, yeah, it absolutely is. And lots of other people, lots of other people saying hello. There we are. Yeah. So um. Yeah, talking about let's talk about good times now and and more classic series, more classic series content. I've got something to show you guys, and uh, I don't know if you're aware of the Eagle Moss range of Doctor Who figurines. I think they started. I think they started releasing those around uh, 1928, something like that. <laughs> well, it seems that way. They're up to release heaven knows what already, and they've just announced their next set of uh, of figures. So let's get this up on screen too, if I can if I can find it. Where's that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was delighted to see this as a as a fan of this particular character. So this is their this is their next release. This is uh, part oh two hundred and four <laughs> of the Doctor Who figurine correct collection. So this is this is a Navarino, everybody. No, it's not a bogey. People in the chat. It's not a bogey, and it's not earwax. It's actually a Navarino uh, from the story Delta and the Bannermen from season twenty-four. Now, I am a massive Delta and the Bannermen apologist. I don't, have I, did I mention it? Did I mention yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> and I love the Navarinos. <laughs> there, well, this one we see one, and it's on screen for about four seconds, and, ah, <laughs> and we which can is see quite it does it all. Yes, on the front of the magazine, yeah, but I, you know, yeah, it's not quite as good as the mandrels, but it's not far off. And yeah, Eagle Boss have turned this into a uh, figurine here. Uh, you get an accompanying magazine to go with it. About a character like that that appears on screen for four seconds, how can you fill a magazine on that? I so have no if, well, I, I think I do because even though I am shocked. At this, <laughs> I, thought say some, I thought you might say something like that. Um, I mean, what you can do is the fact you can say where they come from, uh, how they use the transformation arc to turn them into a human like thing, how they went and helped out on the 1950s Earth. It's about that, isn't it? But it must be a very short yeah. magazine. I mean, obviously, <laughs> what they're doing, look at this. This is part 204 out of a series of 6,655. Uh, so they're obviously going into the who if you started collecting these figures people um <laughs> who, who, so back in the day did you think you were going to be at part 204 with an avarino i mean they really must be looking at every single episode and saying we can make a figure out of that thing as well <laughs> uh, listen there's yep there's the barrel being scraped again 
<laughs> if anyone if anyone from Eagle Moss is watching, uh, where's my killer clam from Genesis of the Daleks then? <laughs> like that. Imagine oh, that as a doorstop or something, Terry. Oh, I'm, I'm making one after this. I'm going to make one. <laughs> He bloody will as well. I think people in the chat are, are shocked and amazed here. The talents of Wayne Chiang. He says, crikey, that's an obscure one. Yeah. And, uh, David I was Inc about to be my own Delta and the Bannerman apologist and apologize and saying, well, you're going to revoke my Doctor Who fan club card here because I've never seen that monster in my life. Um, <laughs> so yeah. it's not just yeah. me. If you've, if you've watched Delta, you've seen it. It, it, it. But as Dan said, it's literally there for seconds. And it goes it goes into this arc thing, and then it comes and, out as the driver of the bus, whose name I can't remember. And let's be honest, it's not exactly memorable, is it? Let's be We want the bus, figure, bus driver figure it, as well. It's the character yeah. of Murray. I love Murray. Murray! He, get, he gets it. killed really quite quickly in the story. I thought it was desperate, <laughs> desperate shame. David Enke says, no wonder I don't remember that. He's watching on YouTube. And uh, Alex Stora adds that uh, I have just taken delivery of two oh, wow. Eagle Moss figures this morning. Let us know what which they ones? are. Yeah, which yeah, ones are they? Alex, I'm just going just oh, to phone for a doctor. He's just oh, holding out I'm here for the malice and the Borad. They'd be fantastic. There we go. I like the malice, yeah. Darren Love the malice. Who melted the Godzilla figure? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, because if you're buying these figures, where are you actually putting them? I mean, I, I want to know because there's there's 204 of them now with lots more coming. Where are you putting them? Send us in your photographs. I need to know as someone who hasn't bothered with them. But let me let us see them, please. I'm interested. Russell T. Davis owns a, I believe, a full set, and he occasionally uh, tweets or instance a picture of his entire collection, and it takes up the entire wall on this yeah. unit that he's got. And Do you he's know got what? Laid out like chess pieces. How many of them has he bought? I think it could be a complimentary subscription. Russell, I, I could be wrong, mate. I could be wrong. You could be forking out for this. Russell, so if you're watching. Get on here and let us know. We want to ask you a few questions. People <laughs> like the idea of the killer clam here, Terry. This is going down well. And asking also Kill a for clam. That could be a song. The Tyrant <laughs> Wood Beast. <laughs> I bet they did the Wood Beast. And it's a shame they didn't do a double pack with a Ken Dodd as the toll yeah. keeper. Yeah, I, I completely I agree, Alex. God, money on the, money, the guy money left on the table then. I vaguely know the guy who sculpts them digitally for Eagle Moss. So I will drop him a, a line about a killer clam. <laughs> <laughs> Please we'll do, do it. it. We all want to kill a clam. Have a word. Let's see if we can get him on the show. I'd love to find I out. I think somewhere. I had one in the 90s. But it... Steady. <laughs> you can get that sorted out if you go to the right clinic and use some talcum powder liberally. So I'm told. Well, Swarfiga is um... always very good, I find. <laughs> Ignore us, everybody. Ignore us. But that does, of course, talk of season 24 does bring us round to, to this. I mean, because this has been released. <laughs> this has been released this show, wouldn't you, really? This <laughs> week. I know. Who'd have thought it? Yes. Yeah, so season 24 <laughs> is out on Blu ray this week. We've got some lovely That's artwork nice. here. From Tea Lady Design, that's Lee Binding, of course it is. He does all the art on the Blu-ray collection sets. So, as promised, if you've got to try and fight an England football match with something, you've got to give people the good stuff. So I'm going to unbox. We've had a couple of unboxings here on the show. show you off. did a couple a few weeks ago. Last uh, When was it? Last month, wasn't it, JT? You unboxed the standard editions of Seasons 12 and... No, uh, 19. 19. 19. 19. I have no idea. It was a few episodes back. Go and look at it. And next week, we've got the standard editions of uh, um, 10. 10 and 18. Yes, 10 and 18. Are they out already? 
next week. Wow. Oh, that, that's quickly. So, yes, I'm about to. Can anybody see this here? I've got – let's get the – so this is here. This is the parcel from those lovely people at, at Amazon. It's a lovely package, Dan. It is. It's beautiful, isn't it? This is how they come. If, you, if you've uh, not pulled the trigger on these before and you get this, you get the little tab at the bottom, give it a good old – give it a good old yank as they – as they always tell you. No, has that come off? Yes, it has. And uh, inside, indeed, we have it. It's the uh, the beautiful brand new Season 24 box set with, with Lee's artwork there on the front. That's very nice. That's what you get. Da, 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 da. So this is the second McCoy box, isn't it? Yeah. It is indeed. All the details on the back. More, more dinky artwork there. And I believe there's graphics... There on that side, so you get a nice. Oh, nice I see. Card. They put the TARDIS on the bottom on those. Ah, right. Being being shot at. Yes. Yeah, so it's all it's all looking really good. Of course, there's, we've got the exclusive extended versions of all four stories on this release, and lots of untransmitted material. Optional yeah. five point one soundtracks on everything, so you yeah. can hear that Kef McCulloch <laughs> soundtrack in all its glory. There's your favourite feature behind the sofa. There's lots of that on there, Simon. Do you know it's a shame I can't do Sylvester McCoy's voice properly? I don't know how to ace, ace. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> it's get, it's getting there. It's getting I've, there. I've got, a, I've got a giveaway for anyone watching. Um, oh, okay. I recently bought some uh, DVDs to my collection. I bought Genesis of the Daleks, just standard DVD release. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I bought the Peter Cushing Blu-ray Doctor Who and the Daleks. Looks gorgeous. I've got those. I, they look beautiful on Blu-ray. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, and by accident, I got another copy of Genesis of the Daleks. So if someone wants a copy of Genesis of the Daleks, I'm going to make it really difficult. Um, I'm, going to give, I'm going to give this copy away to the person uh, who can name. I've got two Doctor Who tattoos. You can't see them quite here. Well, you can just see. You can see a bit of that one <laughs> and, and a bit of that one in green. And I'm not telling you else what they are. You Maybe you'll uh. know. Um, if you know anything about me, you'll know what. Uh, Doctor Who monsters, villains, whatever they are. Um, if you can guess both of them, I'll give them. A, I'll post them a free Genesis of Daleks two disca. Oh my god, it's like Saturday Superstore and Swap Shop. If you can tell us, there you go. What the tattoos are on Terry's arms? Yeah. Send your postcard to. I <laughs> give them a flash. I think. I think we should. I tell you what. Well, I'll I'll put you up on screen, big, and you can flash us. <laughs> Steady. There we are. There Steady. you go. Oh, oh, I got it! I got it! Okay, there we are. Where's the other one? The other ones? The other ones here? Okay. Oh, hey, that's, I like that's it. all you're getting, everybody. So yeah, <laughs> drop, leave us, leave us a comment. And leave now me. for my Navarino. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so leave us a comment. No, no, no. Leave us a comment in, in the actual in the video once it's been posted up. And you let us know which two Doctor Who monsters Terry has tattooed on his person. I, I literally we'll scratched my head and gave away that one just now, sir. There you go. <laughs> you'll find we'll, you'll find them easily. Yeah, we'll put the winner. David we'll, wrong. We'll complete both wrong. Um yeah. Matt Pot, oh, possibly. Yeah. Comments are coming in. They mm. are. Let's see what's let's see what's going. Yes, yeah, so we've got yeah, David Inky. He guessed the mechanoids and the Daleks is wrong there. Oh. Uh, yes, oh, I have to see what. Um, I'm glad those tattoos are on his arms. Adds retro Dicky. I know. Arms, we uh, said not. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Alex Stora here. He says that time of the Rani gets some slack going back to that season 24 set, but the nine-year-old me enjoyed it. We had a very different Doctor, exciting new visual effects. New music, new title sequence. Dragonfire is the best by far, though. Delta, Delta rules, Delta rules. One giant slam. Fight me, fight me on that one. I've got more guesses here. So people are people are having a punt here. So Alan Pace says the complete me is not showing you me Taron Wood beast. You know what I mean? Me saying. Wonderful stuff. We have got a quote here from Neil Corey talking back about the uh, the uh, Navarino figure, yeah. and and he said uh, when he tweeted out that picture of the Navarino, he said we proudly present our Navarino, completely and utterly bonkers, probably not for everyone. And before you all start bleating, there's space. There's plenty of space for other characters to come. I promise. So that's your um, disclaimer there from from okay, Neil. Yeah, <laughs> he may have known that that one uh, may be may not play so well as some of the others, but I love it. I love it, Neil. I I'm thinking about getting that. Why? Why not? We've also got this new release coming as well. This has been announced from oh, yes. uh, BBC Audio. This is next year. This is coming out in January 2022, London 1965, written by Paul Mars. I, I really like that writer, and it's another one of these Beyond the Doctor audio stories. They're not full cast. They're audio books in that format and read by Jamie Glover, who played Ian Chesterton in the wow. Adventure of Space and Time biopic. So it's about uh, Ian and Barbara. Um, I haven't got the details on the plot of this, but I would imagine that it takes place once they're dropped off at the end of the chase. That's the impression that I get. Now, we've seen some of these releases be been announced before. There's one where Stephanie Cole plays Bessie, which we're all scratching our heads about. But this, I know these two characters, Paul Mars, you know, uh, uh, interesting writer, very amusing writer. I'm kind of up for this. I've got one eye on these releases. I think there's four all in all. And it's good to see the BBC audio label surviving too, I think. You know, that um, Big Finish hasn't completely wiped that out, is what I'm saying. Has anybody mm. ever so, gone much for these? Because they were in the David Tennant era, they put out quite a lot of releases like that, didn't they? And there's been there's been a few since sort of bubbling up. But when was it Audio Go used to be the the license holders and they kind of went bump and then so I was never really sure what the state of play was with them now. But it does seem this new range is going to grow and grow and grow. There's a Romana release, a Ben and Polly release. So any appetite for those amongst the panel today? No. <laughs> no. What, I mean, I've, got, I've got interest in it. I think I think part of the problem with with all this audio stuff is there's just too much churned out these days. And so I, I'm whereas I might be really interested in that if there was nothing else coming out. It's just there's just so so many of these audios that you just and a lot of them are not good. When I have listened to them, I'm just kind of indifferent. So I'm not against it at all. And as I always say, if people are into it, you know, fantastic. Yeah. But the one thing that occurs to me with that one, I would be far more interested in it if it was William Russell that was reading it. Um, yeah. You know, and maybe they asked him and he didn't want to do it. Fair enough. I'm not knocking them for not using William Russell. I'm just saying I would have been probably up for listening for that. Who who was reading it? Did we say Jamie Glover? I don't know. Is Julian is Julian is Julian Glover's son? Julian Glover oh, from the Crusade and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. No, and I'm sorry, strikes back. back. So it's his son. He played. He played. Um. He, he played William he played. in the Adventures in Space and Time. Simon. Okay. 
Okay, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. An, I mean, he's a, he's a competent actor. He's got a lovely voice. Yeah, he um, I, I, I think I, I agree with Simon. From my point of view, it's great that these things are coming out for those people that want them, and I'd be interested to see who's taking them. But as I've, as I've sort of um, linked to before, I would have been more interested in had they taken the opportunity of original Under the Target brand novels of the companions of Doctor Who and continued that range from the 80s and 90s and then possibly tied in the audio book with them as well um I don't know I think they've missed a trick on that whole continuation can, of the companions of Doctor just, Who range can I just check JT does Jamie Glover do an impression of William Russell when he plays Ian is that what we're saying I, he I, I would imagine obviously because we haven't heard it I wouldn't think so I would imagine no, that he's reading the he, story as, well, as he, plays, the he plays the character for Big Finish in their forecast audio dramas as well and I, I would argue that that's not really an impression in the same way because David Bradley's take on the first Doctor is very different from Hartnell's and I think that the other cast members kind of follow suit he plays it his own way but he has got a very sort of velvety voice hasn't he I would okay, describe fair it enough. Terry can you do a William Russell can you do Ian um, I don't I don't think I can. There was that one line who said, uh, what did he say about, do you mean to say that a police box stuck here in a junkyard could travel in time and space? It's all very sort of BBC kind of radio. Parts, of, that, parts of that. Why are you not reading absolutely that? Absolutely on point. Well It will score more points for people if I do the, the same line as Roger Delgado, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you mean to say... There's a police box in time and space. You travel here with this lunatic in charge who can't even get his lines right. <laughs> Brilliant. Doctor. We have to issue, of course, the, the standard Type 40 disclaimer. Yes, yes, we know. That's a nice cover except for the logo. We can't say it every time, but we know how you yeah. feel about the logo. I think virtually everybody watching in the we chat do. feels the same way about the logo. And uh, Matt Pot adds that when he spoke to Fraser Hines, he was quite upset they never asked him to narrate the Highlanders. I don't oh, know who narrated the Highlanders in, in the end. I think it was, oh, it was um, I've got Trout. that somewhere. I can't reach it. I can't remember. It was actually, I quite enjoyed the Highlanders. I've got that over there, but I can't reach it. But it somewhere. should have been Fraser Hines. Whoever it was, it should have been Fraser Hines. Yeah. He may have been working. We are about to go for our designated tea and or pee break here at Type 40, as, as always. So stand by for that. But I've got a question to ask you guys watching along in on YouTube and in the Facebook group right now. So I want to know, this is our teaser question, which doctor got invited to Downing Street in the mid-70s? In 1975, which doctor got invited to Downing Street? Did anybody know? We'll tell you. After the break, we'll we'll fill you in on that. In the meantime, yes, enjoy the uh, the standard Type 40 commercial break. Something a little different this time. But, yeah, check all of this out, and we'll be back in a moment. Yes. Yes, of course, madam. This is a news flash. Can anybody identify the following faces? If his kickback's full of wrinkles, he's a naval man. If he rings a rum and wrinkles, he's a naval man. If he hums a little ditty and he tells you that you're pretty, you can bet your breasts are silly, he's a naval man. The wonderful thing about baking a cake, it's like waiting for a birth. You put something in, you wait, you worry, and something wonderful comes out. I said, do you mind if we go over and see Mother on Sunday? <laughs> Son, I take it you can remember your own name? Jenkins, sir. Can't hear you, son. Get some air into your lungs. Jenkins, sir. 
Begging leftovers is hardly a sign of affluence. You mean that shepherd's pie? The rustic pot roast. It was for the chickens. And they didn't like it. <laughs> Sorry, Grayson. You call me school bully. You miserable little tick. <laughs> it's a bit of a snag, because it's a bit difficult to talk properly with it in your mouth. <laughs> oh! <laughs> The BBC would like to congratulate you on your good taste. Obviously, you know what you like. Video tasties from the BBC and from any video shop, even the one around the corner. Well, don't just sit there. Enjoy yourselves. There's plenty more where these came from. Fantastic. Never seen that before in my life. Wow. <laughs> I was wondering if any of you had seen that before because I've got to be honest, I hadn't seen the JT. I haven't seen that one before either. No, no, that was used. Uh, that must have been a trade thing, surely. I don't remember the BBC ever showing that. I, I, yeah, I would have thought maybe it was an inter. What would it have been? Because it wasn't. It didn't appear on any of the on the, any of the video releases themselves. It was obviously around about eighty three when they released Revenge of the Cybermen. Um, that's, that's how it looked to me. Yeah, maybe it was shown on loop in the shops. I just wonder whether it was a promo sent out to retailers or something. I don't know. They yeah. did, because in the video shops back then, they did, most of them had a TV in the corner, didn't they? Usually a portable, yeah. and it was playing whatever video they could legally play in public. No video nasties, yeah. Terry. Yeah. But uh, they did have sort of BBC titles that were quite commonplace, weren't they? Um, Crimpling Doubloon says that was from the original Revenge of the Cybermen video. So it's not then, on that. It's not on the video. No, it's not I, on I've that got one. a copy of it in a box somewhere, and I don't think. Yeah. Not no, I don't there. think. That, no, that wasn't. That was. That, that must have been much later. I think maybe. Who knows? I imagine. I imagine that it would have been on one of those really early releases. So if you if you've got a copy of that crimpling, you know that for certain. Maybe there was a couple of different editions of it. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. We asked yes. you before. We asked yeah. you before we went on the break. We asked you which uh, which doctor paid a visit to Downing Street in the mid-70s. And uh, we've got the picture up, so we're going to fill the... Yes. Oh, you've got a couple of people who've got that in the chat. And, of course, you're quite right. Who else could it be other than the doctor himself, Tom Baker there, with yes. Liz Sladen on the doorstep, the very doorstep <laughs> of number 10 Downing Street. I don't know who would have been Prime Minister at that point in 1975, everybody. Who would, who would it have been? Mr. Wilson? Harold Wilson. Yeah, I think it probably... Or Jimmy Callaghan. Do you know what year it was? That's about... Seven, it's going to be 70... 75. It was 1975. Jimmy Callahan. Yeah, Callahan would have taken over that year. Yes, so maybe that's what it was. I'm just stunned by Liz's outfit. Look at that gorgeous outfit. Is that the one she wore for the back of the Pescatons? It's not, is it? It's a quilted waistcoat. Wonderful. Sorry, Terry, what did you say? It's part Vogue robot, that is. It's quilted. Slightly, yeah, slightly quilted, most definitely. Yes, I hadn't seen this picture before. And, uh, but to see, I mean, there's there's Tom in the outfit that he wore in the Android Invasion. Was that Simon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Seeds of Doom, as I recall. I think JT's right. I think that's taken, that, that, that is around about the time of the Pescatons. I think JT's yeah, right. I think that yeah. costume is from the Pescatons on, on Liz. 
I don't know. I can't yeah. remember wearing a padded one now. I think, but uh, I, I will go and look. But what a great picture! And nice yeah, to see is, that. You know, Dead it is looking, great. He's looking brilliant. He's looking brilliant. Do we know why? Do we know why they went at all, Dan? Not, not a clue. Top not secret clue. mission time, and you can't ask. You know, it was a top secret mission from the <laughs> prime minister <laughs> for the doctor. Yeah, he was asked a lot, wasn't he, by oh, various okay. Crimson Blue's right, isn't it? The Raider Morbius outfit. I think Crimpling to Blue might have it. Yes, he's he's right. Oh, maybe, yeah. 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 Absolutely, absolutely right. Thank you. If if we don't know, which is let's face it, quite a lot of the time, odds are one of you will too. Uh, yes, Crimpling to Blue says the brain of Morbius. Alex adds that uh, I love the old BBC video. Me too, Alex. I do too. Yeah, the way the way it comes together and the forms, the diamond, and all the rest of it. all this nostalgia, everybody. I can't get enough nostalgia. You can't get enough enough nostalgia. I think JT's probably had enough of this stinger. We're going to play it anyway because it's time, Simon, to open up the the 500-year diary for on this day, 29th of June, back in time. So, yeah, hold your ears, everybody. Here it comes. Yeah, yes, here we are. Okay, so uh, what have you got for us this time, Simon? Okay, right, well... Interestingly, we've been talking about Jackie Lane earlier, and actually most of today's um, On This Day is actually all about female companions. It just so happens oh. we are today celebrating female companions. As always, we're going to start with episodes first and foremost. 2008, 13 years ago yesterday, the Stolen <laughs> Earth uh, broadcast, incredibly, 13 years. I know, yeah. Wow. It's the Stolen Earth broadcast. And we're hailing this one because, of course, this was the last time that dear Liz Sladen returned to Doctor Who. Um, it, 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 there was obviously the second episode of this story next week, but today would have been the first, the last time, rather, that she actually came back to Doctor Who to the main show bless her and boy you know can we ever say too much about elizabeth sladen and how much we love her never I mean, we never can wow you know she's just royalty isn't she we just absolutely love liz sladen and and, and, yeah. and and i love the fact that in that final episode which as i say would have been aired next week 13 years ago she gets to help fly the tardis doesn't she and the, and, and and that's one of the things that i love wow. about it. The, the, the two-parter I don't rate, but the fact that Liz Sladen gets in there, gets her hands dirty, flying the TARDIS, come on. You know, I can't believe, though, that you're telling me it's all that many years ago. I, I mean, this was it, it was all those years ago that this was the week where everybody in the United Kingdom was talking about Doctor Who because of that unexpected cliffhanger. That that was, yes. it seemed like yesterday. Because that this was just, this was a huge, I mean, you if you weren't in the United Kingdom, you can't imagine what was happening on the, uh, what happened after that episode. I mean, the whole week was just everybody. I mean, I had people coming up to me saying, who's the new doctor? Yeah. And I'd be going, yeah, there isn't so one, honestly, I'm sure there isn't one. There's gonna be a catch. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It really did keep the whole viewing public guessing to the point where even us fans, I think, Terry, even though we, we sort of knew, as JT just described, even I was thinking, well, Maybe they are going to do something I don't know about because it was the biggest show on TV. It was kind of the most surprising show on TV. I, I was seem... I was amazed because it, not only did we get to see Davros come back for the first mm. time, we were forever. We we're like, wow, that's good enough, you know. Then Jack Harkness and always, and then it was like this regeneration. I was like, if they manage to pull off regeneration without any previous warning or any spoilers any any newspaper yeah. speculation that yeah. would be a massive coup it was a little bit of a cop-out admittedly but 
what way way to keep people's interest right it was it was on, it was on a level with the locutus of borg that's the best of both yeah. worlds two parts of there it's like Who? wow what are they going to do what sorry i was talking about the other the enemy um <laughs> Star Trek. So, first generation fake out yes matt um oh talking of nostalgia just before we go any further i'm going to announce the person who's won that because oh, yeah. they were very quick on the comments so the, the answers were Lock robot. Um, where is it? Lock robot. That's really cool. Yeah, so this late is Terry's, comp Terry's competition winner. Yeah, late great Lee Clements did that for me. He passed away last in two years ago. So uh, very cool. That from that chap, and uh, then his associate, associate, his companion did the cyber leader. His wow. friend. From, <laughs> his his assistant, uh, Josh Delaney, did uh, the cyber leader from Revenge of the Cybermen. Uh, he also did, while we're at it, a Marvin. Hey, oh, Marvin. <laughs> and, and Silent uh, Running. Silent Dewey, Running. Dewey, Dewey. Uh, Dewey, yes. So Dewey. The, the winner of that was the first person who commented correctly both, and that was Matt Pott. Woohoo! There you go. Well done, well done Matt. Matt. Get your address <laughs> in, Matt, and we'll send that to you. You, you might regret that, Matt. Matt's in Tasmania, but we'll see what we can, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fax it all, all full of yeah, games i'll, I'll all chop it into small parts and fax it to him yeah <laughs> wonderful so, yeah that looks does look i hope he can play it <laughs> very painful for a needle phobe like me that's all that all looks very painful yeah. what else have we got what else have we got in the diary Sorry. right okay so moving on um here's another one for you then jt 14 years ago tomorrow was last of the time lords when we said goodbye to martha no so, as a yeah, regular, as a regular, she did pop back. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so that was the last time we, yeah, she, she popped back in and out. But, that but was, she also that, went that, into that travesty of Torchwood as well, didn't she? Which is the only reason I bought the bloody box set. Did she? I, I must be honest, I liked Martha. Any other love for I Martha? I liked Martha. love Martha. I've got a bit yeah. of a thing, thing for Freema. But I love Martha too. I think they're both great. And, I, still, yeah, I, I was really sad. Robbed. I, I still feel she was kicked yeah. out of the series a year. I honestly don't believe for one second they only planned originally for her to be in one year. I think she was. No, I think well, we've spoken about this before. Uh, Russell, mm. as, he, as he was writing the season, realised that he was kind of the natural arc of the character as conceived just didn't have that much longevity built into it as the, the whole unrequited love thing. And, he, and rather than sort of well, if you think about what Stephen Moffat later did with Clara, find reasons to keep her around. Russell didn't want to do that for Martha. He mm. wanted, I think he, he felt that was unfair on both Freema and the audience. Mm. And if you remember, she did come back for a couple of episodes of season four. So I think he, he sort of felt duty bound in having given her that big part, but a character that ultimately was quite finite in finding stories where she could work oh. and add something it, it helped that when she came back for five, didn't she, in series four? She was in five episodes. Was it, was it five? Was it really five? Well, yeah, because they, they had the, the Santaran two-parter. Then they mm -hmm. had the one with um, where they went to uh, the Doctor's Daughter. Not and then daughter. she was in for the two final, the, the two-episode final. Oh, yeah, right. Yes. And they just right. added to her character, because when you get to the final, there she is in unit, uh, yeah. lording it around being brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah it was yeah, a good character. Great. I loved her as a character, and I loved her great as a character. Really, really. Magical. Yeah. 
Bring on the girls. Okay. We've got some more girls. So, yeah, well. sticking with girls, sticking with girl companions. Here we go. So our birth today, today we wish Maureen O'Brien happy seventy eighth wow. birthday. Seventy eighth birthday. We've spoken about Maureen. Wow. And, and, you know, Happy birthday. And yet also, um, Jean Marsh will be 87, bless her, on She's Thursday. She's not. My goodness. 87. 87. 87 on Thursday. And, and you know, so she, of course, was a very, very short-lived companion, um, Sarah Kingdom, in the Daleks Master Plan. But, but again, she lives on. Um, we all remember her. Um, so those are two, you know, cracking 60s companions um, who, who both have birthdays this week and she's um, also of course one of the um rare examples of a, a companion that came back much later on to play a different character absolutely has that only happened once apart from apart from um i think yeah i think it's just the two of them isn't there simon because i'm thinking about that now and i think that it's that rare it's just yeah. the two of them it's her and jackie Jacqueline Wright coming back, uh, Jacqueline um, Hill rather, coming yeah. back as uh, as um mina in megloss megloss no not mean mina what was the name of the character no, Mina was a uh, leisure hive, wasn't she? A leisure hive. What's the character? Uh, uh, the name of the character was Lady with Big Black Hat with a uh, pink lib ribbon. Um, <laughs> somebody tell us in the. Uh, somebody please tell us in the. Um, in the Look, chat. Someone Google it quick. Hold on. See who's going to get there first. Um, yes, and if you can tell us um, who Gene um, no, played Lexa, later on Lexa, as well. Lexa. Let us know. Let us know if you can tell us who Gene played later on, and you'll win absolutely nothing. So hey. there you go. Um, and finally, our birthday for this week, all hail Lala Ward, who is now mm. 70 and one day. It was her wow. birthday yesterday. So happy birthday, Lala Ward. Oh, uh, 70 years old yesterday. Um, obviously played Romana 2, the electric boogaloo. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, also... This is Richard Dawkins. Illustrated numerous books on cats and astrology for cats and and and, and tea time for cats well, well, and well. how to embroider a a, 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 a a footstool for cats, so on and so forth. Um, and I have to be honest, I I, I adore <laughs> Romana too. I absolutely adore. I never get bored. I, I think she, I think Lala Ward gave the, one of the most interesting performances of any companion ever. I just love her interpretation of Romana and watching her and Tom on when they're on top form um, in season 17 and 18 is a joy. I, I just, I just <laughs> Happy birthday, that. Lala. She's so youthful as well, isn't she? Yeah, she looks, uh, she looks Have great. you heard the story of how she met uh, her current husband, Richard Dawkins? Wasn't it through Douglas Adams? Yeah, yeah, they were at a party. Uh, she said she was with Douglas Adams and I think I think Stephen Fry. And she said because Douglas Adams and Stephen Fry are so tall, they were talking up here and little Richard Dawkins and little Lala Ward were talking underneath them and that's how they kind of got together. I hate to, <laughs> I hate to put it. I, I think they've separated now. Yes, they have. They think they've separated, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he went and, and named a star after her, so I think mm. he's probably going to revoke that now. <laughs> yeah, she's had to give it back. Never mind, Richard. Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yours. <laughs> I think he's got other issues on his on his plate at the moment, hasn't he? Yes. Did she get a sonic screwdriver back? What happened to a sonic screwdriver? She has it in, in Destiny. No, the Daleks, it was not, it was given away on Swap Shop. Because it was. I entered it. It was. You're right. Where is the where is the sonic screwdriver now? 
Sarah yeah, Sutton gave it away on Swap Shop along with that big thing she from and Adric made and some other tack that John Nathan Turner had lying around the office. And they gave it away. So if you go to, I think it might be the Keeper of Trakham um, episode, DVD, box set, whatever, it's actually there in the special features and she gives away Ramona's Sonic Screwdriver. And I'm still quite bitter about it to this day that <laughs> I didn't win. If you, you won that... If you're out there, the winner of that competition, get in touch. Let us know what you've done with it. If it's still if it's still in one piece, I know that I know that somebody out there owns a fan out there owns that pink outfit from Destiny of the Daleks, don't they? There was an article about it in in one of the magazines recently, and he owns. I'm like, oh, you know, all hail! I love that outfit. Well, it was one of the costumes that was sold off by the BBC, wasn't it? But you know what? I think I saw it. Didn't you go a long lead? I don't know. I actually think I saw it real recently. I think it was in the fiftieth anniversary exhibition with a lot of the oh i think I, I don't know i might be wrong i might be wrong but i have seen it somewhere recently so it's obviously that they may be allowing it out occasionally yeah but it's a bit, i love that outfit anyway moving on moving on um tomorrow is um sadly we mark the passing of a couple of absolute heavyweights from doctor who um in 2015 we lost tomorrow we lost edward burnham who was 98 when he passed on professor watkins in the invasion and my favorite professor kettlewell in robot he's a joy <laughs> He did a good line in was. Professors, didn't he? He's got the hair he, for it. Well, well look <laughs> at his mad hair. He, he was never going to play anything other than Mad Professors, was he? And in <laughs> 2019, we also lost Glyn Houston. He was 93. He had a good old wow. innings at 93. Um, two, on, again, of my favourite characters, Professor Watson in The Hand of Fear and Colonel Wolsey in The Awakening. Oh, yeah, um, I love that. Love the great, great, great character actors. Um, you, you know, absolute respect to them. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, 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 and what to, did with very small parts, with, you know, brilliant. All credit to him. And to really sort of um, the, the faces that turned up over and over again, weren't they, Terry? On in TV in the seventies and the eighties, you saw them in everything. Yeah, I think um, even more so back in the seventies and eighties, the BBC had the the old boys club of the roster. It was, like, it was almost like the Hollywood studio system, where yeah. as soon as you work for the BBC, you're contracted forever, and you're going to end up in every. <laughs> I mean, I, I've recently bought um, the box set of uh, A Bit of Fry and Laurie. And oh, the amount of Doctor Who actors who are in here are incredible. There's, there's a restaurant scene where Hugh Laurie's date is um, um, Rose Tyler's mother. No. Oh, Camille. Camille, 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 yeah. Camille, yeah, she's, she's there playing a uh, thing. And there are so many Doctor Who actors and, and wow. extras and stuff in there. You're going, oh, right, that's, it's just the BBC. Who else can we pull out of our roller and that, was, and that was part <laughs> of the joy of watching the, the tv in the 70s and 80s was seeing that repertory constant yeah it did feel like a repertory actors. yeah but but that was that's the good thing about it because as we know when we go to conventions or as we used to go to conventions you could talk to the actors about their other works as we've touched on before as doctor who fans we are aware of the body of work they have and it yeah. must be great to have a proper interview if you're an actor because you're going to come to this thing thing and all they're going to do is ask me about a series i have forgotten I was in. Uh, <laughs> oh, actually, with this and this and this and this. And I, I know from my experience of interviewing certain ones, it's a breath of fresh air for them because they go, "Oh my god, yeah, I was in that." Actually, yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. You know, yeah. or you can say, "Right, give us the give us the uh, give us the gossip on blah blah." You oh, know, I, I, did, I did exactly <laughs> that. I was at a, a Star Wars event where I was looking after a bunch of guys in stormtrooper costumes, and Jeremy Bullock, aka Boba Fett, he recently <laughs> he was he did, didn't he was there. Him. 
And I did made a point of talking to him, not about Star Wars, but about summer holiday and the string vest he had to wear. And did he have yes. any on Cliff Richard? Yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that film. And people forget yes. he's in there because he's actually very young. Yeah, I always wonder. wanted to ask him, and I never got the chance, about Robin of Sherwood, of course, because he was a recurring yes. character in that. And he was just was so he? good. Oh, yeah, he played their, yeah. their ally, oh, if you like, their, their, their friend. Yeah. <laughs> Companion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely did. Yeah, uh, okay, no, and, and moving on, a couple of final ones here. On Saturday, get this, on Saturday, we mark 20 years since we lost the great, great Delia Derbyshire. 20 wow. years since 20 we lost years. Delia Derbyshire in 2001. She was 64 years old, bless her. Um, and again, you know, can we ever, can we ever praise Delia Derbyshire too much? I absolutely so. not. No, and I think the very fact that, um, you know, the absolutely unheard of groundbreaking theme show for a 1960s, you know, mm. sci-fi yeah. show that stuck with it today, that hasn't really aged and it's iconic the world over. And yeah. whoever composes the theme always goes back to the Delia Derbyshire samples. Um, well, you have I mean, to, don't you? That's your yeah. legacy, isn't it? You know, that's yeah, your legacy. absolutely. And that's why she'll live on forever. I've never seen that photograph of her. No, I've never seen that. Is that in her Beautiful. kitchen? Look at that gorgeous kitchen wallpaper. That's that's, right. that's, yeah. I, I would imagine that's back in now. That's amazing. But that's a lovely picture. <laughs> a lovely picture. That. It's a very Laura Ashley, isn't it? I believe that was in the in the uh, mid to late eighties. Right. Yeah. Oh. Right. It, it, I think I think one of the things about Delia is is from what you see of her, she was absolutely mad as two boxes of frogs, but in the very best yeah. possible way. In a British again, way. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about this before. We have, about eccentrics, yeah. And, and, we, and the world doesn't have enough eccentrics. And she was an eccentric of the absolute top class. Oh, and we need yeah. more like her. But, you know, I think that's why she came up with such innovative, creative sounds, because she wasn't frightened to experiment. And, and God love her, because we wouldn't have the Doctor Who theme music as it was today without her. And, uh, wow, I can't believe it's been so long since that news came through. With it. Wow. I know, I know. So, so say we are hailing so many uh, girls today on 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 this day. And Ooh. very, very, very finally, and this is this is very personal to me. On Sunday, it will be Marcus Wilson's forty eighth birthday. Now, Marcus was the producer throughout the Matt Smith run, and he's one of my very, very best mates from university. We were housemates together, Marcus and I. Um, so, so, and he helped me get, he helped me get into television in the first place. So, so, you know, all hell Marcus, he's one of my very, very best mates. Um, I still have him. I'm proud to say I still have him on speed dial on my phone. Uh, he's an absolute class bloke. He is one of the very, very best people. Well, what are you know. waiting for? Phone him now and let's have a chat. <laughs> do you know what? We've talked about this before. Marcus, if you're watching, do come on the show. <laughs> He's uh, the producer. Show. He's the producer on the A Word at the moment. Is he the the red what? production oh, for the BBC Marcus starring so Christopher Eccleston? He, he, he was he was on. Um, he did uh, Life on Mars. Um, I think he did Ashes to Ashes as well. Taggart, um, Lu oh. uh, Luther. He's done so much stuff. I remember when we were at uni together, and, it, and we genuinely we were in we were in halls together. He was in number six, and I was in number. Uh, eight and between us and number seven was um Jess Whitaker, the daughter of Roger Whitaker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as you do. 
There's a combination uh, that you can just. Uh, there are lots of adventures going on there. Really. I was wondering who on earth is that David Whitaker's daughter or David Whitaker's great niece or something, but no, Roger Whitaker's daughter. Roger Whitaker. She Roger didn't whistle. Whistle. She didn't whistle. She didn't whistle a lot. Um, you, you better tell people who Roger Whitaker was, Simon, because that's for our reason. Uh, he used to do um, I'm Gonna Leave Old Durham Town but he used to whistle all the way through it didn't he he was a whistling superstar it, a whistling. Well, he was actually in the top 40 for Christ's sake on a Sunday afternoon that's wasn't very, he that's really good that's just like Roger You, you, you that's a really good impression of Roger <laughs> that, <laughs> voices. so anyway so yeah, Marcus, and I, Marcus and I were at uni together we went right the way through our full three years together we're still in touch uh, He, as I say he worked on he, he worked on um uh, a short film that I made after university, and by then he was already huge in Yorkshire television. We all said all the way through university, there's only one person who's going to go right to the top, and it's Marcus. And he did, and and good on him. And I still remember getting the text from him to say, "I've just been asked to be producer of Doctor Who," and I was like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh all hail Marcus!" Because he's a huge wow. Doctor Who fan. This is the other thing. Marcus yeah. is a massive yeah. Doctor Who fan. His favourite story. I know. I can say this is the Armageddon. Factor because the one time at university really I went. Marcus? Uh, he loves the Armageddon Factor. The one time I went home for the weekend and I left him with my with my uh, my, my portable television and my VCR as it was back in the day and and all my Doctor Who tapes and he just crammed these Doctor Who tapes through the weekend of which uh, okay we're old enough to have heard of it. There you go, Roger Whitaker. I'm assuming Vanessa there. This is <laughs> great, Simon. I'm, I'm actually now just putting down some questions for Marcus here. Uh, is it true that... Uh, uh -huh, uh -huh, and tell, tell us about the allegation of... Uh -huh. <laughs> He's a lovely bloke, and I, and I love him to bits, and I, you know, all respect to Marcus. So we're going to get you happy on the show. Birthday, Marcus. Marcus. Yeah, I think so uh, birthday, all of us yes, here at Type 40, Marcus, a very happy birthday to you, sir. Come and have a chat to us here. We're, we're pretty harmless most of the time we're going to talk oh, about the Armageddon <laughs> really really be a happy birthday my friend <laughs> good stuff simon well thanks for that there was something for Thank everybody you. in there and uh, yeah old and new classic and new i should say but now we're going to come back to the 21st century brace yourself jt and anybody else <laughs> Yes, back to, back to the 21st century and back to a perennial discussion point, I'm afraid, everybody. And back to you out there watching. I think this, this one could be somebody watching on Facebook. So I've been told about it. Steve Evans, isn't it, Simon, who watches, watches every week with his yes. good lady wife over Jane. on Facebook. And, yes, yeah, so Steve and Jane have been <laughs> in touch with the suggestion because obviously – I know <laughs> – <laughs> yes, so Steve Jane, Steve Jane. In touch. I know they'll, they'll, they'll be watching. They've been following our regular, our regular segment that we do where we talk about potential candidates to be the next doctor, to be number 14 or number whatever. And uh, yeah, so they've, they've sort of chimed in with their own suggestion here. We're going to put this up on screen. So the, their idea is the actress Sarah Moyle. Now, who's Sarah Moyle? I hear you cry. Because yeah, who is Sarah Moyle? There we Who go. is Sarah as, Moyle? I as still if, don't know. So, okay, the, uh, Sarah Moyle is the 51-year-old uh, English actress, and she's got quite a list of credits behind her in both TV and on the stage. 
But more to the point, for around 10 years, she's been playing a character called Val, or Valerie Pittman, on the BBC, I'm going to call this a soap, the BBC Daytime Soap Doctors. Now it's, yeah, it's, very, it. it's a funny kind of funny kind of soap because it's obviously it's a medical thing. It takes place in the surgery. I think they strip it across the week. It's on at least four days out of five. My mother loves this show, and she plays this character of Val, who's a very eccentric receptionist character and quite dotty. And Steve explained that that is the quality that they see in Sarah that they'd like to see her bring to the role of the Doctor, wasn't it, Simon? Yes, uh, and, and to be totally uh, clear about this fr up front, they, 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 yes. both Steve and Jay, who I've known for years and years, do not want a female in the role. They want a male back. What they are saying, um, and um, I can, if I find the message here, I'm going to read out actually <laughs> uh, what they say because uh, I, I wouldn't want anybody to get the impression that they want a, a, a female <laughs> in the role. What they say is this. Um, Although I think the show needs to go back to a male doctor, if they refuse to do that, I'd like to suggest a female that I think might be good, Sarah Moyle, so on and so forth. Um, she would come across as a doctor in the mould of Patrick Troughton. Um, she has, here we go, Moyle has charisma, personality and acting ability in exactly the same way that Jodie doesn't. She's not young, but companions should be the identity figures for the younger people in the audience, like in the old days. In other words, we need to go back to a more mature actor for the part. So they're basically supporting the idea of that they want that Stephen Jane really want to see back as a male, but they're saying if they refuse to do that, we need a female actor with the kind of gravitas that certain other people haven't got. The good thing about Sarah, she's only 51, so she's she's not a whippersnapper, but she's not old either. It's a, a very I have to, I have to older watch than this. That. I have to watch this show quite a lot. My mother absolutely loves it. My mother's quite elderly, and this show is on all the time if I pop in and visit her around that time of day. Now, you could say this character, it's a very broad performance that Sarah gives in this role because it's a very broad character. But occasionally you say this this woman has quite a list of credits behind her and movies as well as as well as tv and stage in, in things that you would never think you would never put her in the in the same in the same sort of roles as some of these harder films that she's been in uh, but occasionally when you see her in doctors with all the comedy because she's very much the comic relief in it occasionally they give her something to do and you can see her, you can see her try to bring out the depth in this character and all of a sudden sort of tap into another level or two of, of the performance. And she has a charisma and she has this, even though she's middle-aged, she's had this kind of youthful energy about her too. So whilst, you know, yeah, both hands up, no more female doctors. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, BBC. It's quite <laughs> sincerely doesn't work. If they are insist on casting more women in this, in this male role, then somebody like Sarah right under their nose, the audience, the audience is actually like her, then, you know, some, she'd be a better fit for it than, uh, yeah. Certain other people. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for that suggestion, Steve and Jane. Terry? If you, for example, Sarah Moyle, or, or a, a lady of her age, uh, just yes, to say it out there, who would the companion stroke friend assistant be? You know, Someone right. from whatever tick box the BBC is actually looking at on that day. <laughs> oh, well, we know that's what would happen, but who, who would be a good fit for um, for a, a, an well, older course, lady doctor? Well, anybody from Holby City, which they've just axed, or possibly from um, any sort of weird reality show, 
Oh, but definitely somebody from a tick box. So take your the pick. Is, and certainly what Steve and Jane are saying, which I really do agree with, is that the companions are the, are the younger ones. They're the ones that the, the audience identifies with and the doctor is the older. But I personally think that is the correct mix. That's how it should be. So, yeah, you would go for you go for younger companions to go with her. Whether it would be male or female, I don't know. The whole point is, this is the point of having a female doctor. It, it screws with the dynamic. It screws well, with the with the with the way that. But I think with an older, but with an older woman, Simon, it we may get some of that weight come through yeah, in, in, in in the performance because you you really do need dramatic weight. You know, we yeah. see that a little, and it is yeah. only a tiny amount because she's hardly been on screen. Despite people's excitement for Joe Martin, she's hardly been on screen. You can see at least she has the capability of doing that. I think she's around the same age. Somebody like Sarah Moyle, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't describe her as, as masculine as such, but I, I have no doubt that she could reach reach another layer than she's presently being on. And I would personally see her with maybe a uh, a companion from a period setting, maybe uh, maybe a, a, an evacuee from the Second World War or something like a slightly maybe a 16, 17-year-old evacuee or something like that, all, yeah, all tweed and, and, and quite sort of lost in the world and missing her parents. And uh, Sarah could be a kind of, uh, yeah. Well, what's, the, what's the female equivalent of avuncular? Or is that a, a general universal term? It's probably <laughs> now a general universal term, considering that yeah. we have to be gender neutral and absolutely yeah. everything that's through the bloody door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, the, so there is that. So I've heard things. Steve, Jane, I've heard worse ideas than, than, uh, than Sarah Moyle. But keep Jane, coming. <coughs> thanks. Yes, I can. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for watching. Yeah, particularly if you're here every week listening to this stuff. Thanks for watching. Thanks for getting in touch. And yeah, thanks for your suggestion. Keep, Keep watching. coming by all means. Same to you watching out there in the chat. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, get in touch, drop us a comment with your suggestions for a 14th, if there is going to be a 14th, a 15th, or whatever, Doctor, and which combination you'd like. If you like Sarah Moyle, can you see that? You know, have you given up on the idea of um, going back to a male doctor? Do you think that it's inevitable that it's going to be female doctors going forwards? Yep. And if we are stuck with that then uh, should we try and make the best of it and just try and make a better job of it somehow oh, next yeah. time? I, I don't, I sincerely, I sincerely don't know. Uh, well, I do. People... I, I think if we go again with another female, we've already lost the British public. They're not going to come back for just a different, you could cast Judy Dench in that role now. If Joan Hickson was still around, you could have cast her in that role now. The British public are not going to come back. It's dead in the water. Get rid of it bring it back with a male and get it back to where it needs to be. That's the only option they can really do. Of I mean, course. look at the notes we've had this week with Ollie Alexander, which we talked about on this very show four yeah, months ago. Absolute sucks. nonsense. And it's, it's just complete uh, tick-boxing well, nonsense. The next, that's the next talking point on, on our list. So let's get, this, let's get this up on screen. So, yes, we covered this. Let's get this out of the way. As JT said, we talked about this back in January. So the, uh, the rest of geek culture let alone the general media, are nearly six months behind us here at Type 40 Live. We were talking about Ollie Alexander back then as It's a Sin was premiering. Uh, Russell T. Davies made that comment back then. This is nothing new. This was no new comment from him that was picked up on by who had it first. First, The Sun. Okay, The Sun went with it that Ollie Alexander is being in – no, he's in advanced talks. So the, the Sun claimed on the verge of 
being contracted as Jodie Whittaker's replacement as the 14th Doctor <laughs> in Doctor Who. The, the Mirror picked it up because, well, of course they did. The Mirror usually have a great record with Doctor Who stories, but in this instance, it obviously wasn't one of their own. They picked it up from the sun. They ran with it. So did the Mail. Uh, but, yeah, Twitter, they landed on it, and Doctor Who fandom, they ran with it again. And it seems that people didn't really listen to what we had said the first time out. Yeah, no. so this was this was Russell really talking up the show back in January, and who can blame him for, for doing that? All that conversation that we had back then, it was before I'd seen It's a Sin. You know, a wonderful drama. Ollie is fantastic in it, very energetic, very human, very watchable. It's a lovely performance. But that doesn't mean he would be right for Doctor Who. And I am mystified. There's a couple of people out there in the fandom, people I really respect, who've jumped on this and think it's a brilliant idea. I, I really <laughs> don't see. I, I, I'm not going to name them because I sincerely don't want to embarrass them. But oh, go on, I, go on. I just don't. No, I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> I just don't see. Okay, I've only seen him in It's a Sin, and he was good in that. But usually, when you see an act, like I saw Patterson Joseph in Neverwhere in the '90s, instantly knew he'd be oh, right yeah. for Doctor Who. Of course, yes. you know, and, and rumor has he was cast in 2010 and turned the role down. I saw David Tennant. In uh, Casanova, mm. the year before, the year before he was cast, you instantly knew that he'd be right for Doctor Who. It, but with with Ollie Alexander, I just don't know what people are thinking. If you've been watching the show for any longer than three years, I just don't think he's. I just don't think he's got the range for this part. I don't think he's got the weight for this part at all. Maybe in a few years. It's lovely that he's so flattered by it, and of course it. Look, it's better to be talked about than not at all. I, I, I think that there's no such thing as bad publicity or whatever, however you want to term it. People were talking about Doctor Who again, but this is the only time that people get energised talking about, about Doctor Who when they can sort of mentally speed the passing of the current era, Simon. What do you think? Yeah, the thing that always strikes me with these stories whenever we're talking about, and Ollie Alexander is constantly being touted as, as the next yeah. Doctor Who, and the only thing that strikes me is, how, uh, how do how do the actors themselves feel? How does Ollie Alexander feel? Is he just kind of gutted? Is he sick to the back teeth of people talking about him when he knows he's not the Doctor? And 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 wow. uh, is the Doctor production team in this kind of embarrassing situation of having to phone Ollie up and say, "Look, I'm really sorry, but no, you're not on our list." I've I've often thought how this dynamic I, work I, plays. Well, there was I a comment. That... There was a comment in the chat a moment ago. I'm trying to find it again. Where ask apparently... Chris Marshall about that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. that yes. poor, poor man. Never been anywhere near the part. Never auditioned for it, or properly linked to it. And they don't leave him alone. Somebody in the chat said that Ollie Alexander has actually left social media for a time over this because he's being tweeted at so often in connection to this role. He it initially must be said, "Really annoying." It must be. Well, yeah. I, think I, think I think that's on. I think that's only partly true, Dan. There is another element which is political, um, okay. which. Um, may have also it must what? be quite gutting it must be gutting if let's say for example Ollie Alexander really wants the part and he's or, or as Terry says Chris Marshall and are constantly being talked about and are never being offered the part yeah. it must be kind of gutting so when must you be. say when you say political there JT yeah. 
Yeah. Do you want to expand on that? What, what do you mean by that? Um, I, I better not on this show because we're not the forum that deals with all the guffaw and the guff and the nonsense that goes True. on. But part, part of it is in um, in our fandom. So I think we all know what we're talking about there. It's the tick box brigade. And Ollie is very yeah, much yeah, part yeah. of that tick box brigade oh, now. Yeah. So, yeah, and so, yeah. certain things that are controversial at this time when they shouldn't be because common sense would overrule any nonsense. Because he's not... This is a man who... I'm not an expert on on Ollie Alexander. You know, I I know that he's the frontman of the band years and years. You know, and I know somebody who who loves their music and has for a few years. But they yeah. they were big around five years ago. This this man he dresses quite flamboyantly sometimes when he's on the red carpet because well, of course he does. And he's only thirty. Of, of course he does. He's a thirty year old pop star. You want your pop stars to dress and act like this. But only recently though, Dan. But, He's not, when you said political, what I wondered about was um, he's not a highly politicised figure, is he? This is a man who who creates his music, goes out and performs it, takes acting roles now and again. He interacts with his audience to some degree, but he's not what, he's not an activist type, is he, when we say political? He's, he's, a, he's a star, really, and seems to just be focused on his creativity, and I would imagine it's quite flattering for him, all this, but yeah. he's not a controversial figure, is he? He's not, no, but we all know on Twitter you can say certain things. And nowadays, of course, you're either going to be on one side or you're going to be on the other side. And there's no divide, there's no talk, there's no discussion. And he's very much on a particular side. I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't know how else yeah. to say it, but you know, there, there, people, but you know, that's how Twitter works now. Um, you won't find, you won't find this cat, this man on Twitter getting into fights with, with, with his, with his with his uh the people who download his songs and things like that this is a guy yep. who keeps a distance between his public persona and his private life that's that's kind of what I'm, that's why I'm he may have taken that, that that might be part of the reason why he's but, taken a break from all this stuff that goes on oh, as we all I know see. on twitter now yeah gotcha. but, but, but yeah. of course of course what we are saying and i think uh maybe you're you're sort of skirting around this one jt is that if for example ollie alexander was to be cast forever he would be the first gay doctor who we know that 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 would be oh, yeah, rams yeah. out our throats if you'll pardon the expression, forevermore. No. Um, and, and that just, just you know, really, I'm, I'm rankled for the second time in one episode. That rankles with me. Absolutely. Well, this is this is what got me about this whole nonsense. I mean, we did go through all this back in January of, of 2021. There's a whole show there, guys. Go and look at it if you missed right. it. Um, and here it is again. Now, what we've got to remember in, in the United Kingdom is the Sunday tabloids, in fact, the journalists, what they do, hi to the journalists, because they're probably watching us now. And what they do is they go through all, especially with Doctor Who, they do go through fan boards and they do go through message they boards. Are and they, go through like this. they are yeah. active and they mine, they mine Gallifrey base for Doctor Who stories. I've seen that yeah. happen with my own two eyes. Yeah, and, and, and they'll, they'll watch things like this and then they'll say, oh, we've got space that needs to fill in our paper, especially on a Sunday paper. Not that you haven't got anything more important to be reporting on right now, people. <laughs> you know, but they put it into the paper and then it comes around again. And it's very, and what got me about this whole thing again, because I just thought, oh, here it is, how nonsense, is it took me right back to where the show was in the 80s when they were coming up things like Paul Daniels is the doctor. Yeah. You know, Ken Dodd's going to be the Joanna doctor. Well, back there again, it's a joke. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it's a joke again, though. We're looking at all these names of actors without gravitas or without any type. And again, now we've got the tick box element. But gone are the days where Christopher Eccleston is the new Doctor Who. Uh, that's gone. And we yeah, are now looking at things that make you, at, that at, make at, you sit up and, and pay attention. We've got a nice comment here from Problem Being in the chat, just to finish off with that. I'm sure Ollie is absolutely lovely and he is talented. Sure he is. But the headline 
proved the tokenizing that we see there. Have you got any? Uh, have you got anybody at the top of your wish list, Terry? People you've got on your your eye on for you who you'd like to see cast as, if not the next Doctor, then the one after. I do. Uh, for many years, uh, up until the casting of Matt Smith, I was adamant and desperate to try and get Anthony Stewart head as the Doctor, even though he was in School Reunion and he yes. was in the he was in like the top the last five short list for the Paul McGann movie. Mm -hmm. um, but he turned it yeah. down because he was doing Buffy at the time. Um, now, um, my my two champions I have, if you have to have a male doctor, Adrian Lester from Hustle. Love him. Uh, yeah. Love the guy. Um, really, you know, he's a Shakespearean And, and he wants the part as well. He's campaigned for the part before. Well, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, I did a Photoshop job a few years ago uh, before Matt Smith got cast, actually, and I put him in a purple suit with white trim and stuff on it and put a TARDIS in the background, put some lens flares on it. And I sent it to him and he said, Oh, I love that. I love what you've done with a suit, etc." Really? And I said, all, are you going to, are you going to be doing that? And he said, no, I've got to go mad and kill the wife first, which means he was <laughs> doing a run of Othello. Um, uh, but he said, I'd absolutely love to do it. Um, and the, the other person, if we wanted to go with another female doctor, I mean, I, I was saying this, just before, when there was the rumours that we're going to go with a female Doctor, which was kind of confirmed by Missy being, you know, cast, mm. I was like, Catherine Parkinson from the It Crowd. Um, she's been in Humans, uh, red hair, you know, she's the... She's very the, quirky. The, very quirky, but she does, she she do very serious drama as well. In Humans, you know, it's not a comedy role. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she can do slightly eccentric, and she's got some gravitas, so I thought... You know, if, if I could get uh, Adrian Lester as the doctor, fantastic. But if you want to go younger, uh, a young lad, um, Aidan Turner. Is it Aidan Turner from? Yes, yeah, from, from Poldark. Poldark, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. What an intense so, bloke. Yeah, we always like to ask everybody, particularly, particularly particularly the people, our guests who are happy to come on and, and sort of listen to us ramble on about this, what you would like, what's in, on your shopping list. We have got, yeah, so we've got a quote here from, this isn't from Ollie Alexander himself. This is from his agent. They've actually issued two quotes. The first one was actually in the original article over the weekend, but people seem too lazy to actually read it. We've got an <laughs> elaboration here from his agent herself, Martha Kinn. She oh. told the Radio Times when they reached out to her yesterday, and this is what she got back with. This, she says that even though Ollie is often contacted by Cybermen, I'm afraid I have to exterminate this speculation. As nice as it is to see interest in this story regenerate, so she knew that it's done the done the rounds before, it just isn't true. As ood as it may sound, Ollie is focusing on his music for the time being. Oh, good. I hope that means we're going to get another album because it's well overdue. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is a new album due from years good. and years in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, so all you Ollie fans out there, I, I wouldn't... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't hold your breath waiting for Ollie to play the Doctor myself. You know, I know Russell's very keen on on him in the role, but uh, yeah, come I on. don't know if he is. I think he's just done that because it's yeah, Russell so, so Davis plugging his own show and being a little bit of a, a troublemaker. I don't, I I don't blame him for that yeah. at all. I don't think we're missing any any uh, great Doctor there, unlike Patterson Joseph, who I'd still love to play the role, <laughs> and I'd love to yeah. see Adrian Lester play it as well. People responding in the chat here to some of these suggestions. Adrian Lester's gone down very well. And so has uh, so has Jen from the IT crowd, Catherine Parkinson. Yeah. People, people like that. 
uh, Luke Treadaway. Another suggestion. Yes. The pro problem being mentions Luke Treadaway every time we talk about this. And yeah, Luke Treadaway is great. Uh, great Quite well, look, he's, he's, a, he's a brilliant, brilliant actor. Uh, we've got Mark Warren, the suggestion of Alex Ooh. Storer there. I can see that the older that Mark Warren gets, the craggier he gets, and the more doctorish I think he appears. He recently played Van der Valk yeah. for ITV, didn't he, Simon? Did he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, did. And I think he's cracking at T. Yeah, I approve of Mark Warren. Definitely. Superb stuff, superb. Yeah, that, uh, that wraps up all our discussion points. It just leaves us with some pretty pictures to look at, everybody. Hey. Fancy some pretty pictures before we disappear off into the vortex. Ah, yes, well, one more pretty picture. I'd better get this in because, uh, yeah, this weekend, our friend Ian Kubiak, he's got his time scoop, spearhead time scoop event. This is the Zoom event. You can book tickets at the Cygnus Alpha website. There's the link to that in the description of the video and the show notes of the podcast too. Go and, go and get that. There's a full list of the guests that are, that are there. It's a long, long list. I'm not sure I'd know where to start. Ian's got that coming up this weekend. He's going to come back in in a few weeks' time, tell us how it all went, and tell us about his next event. But he wanted me to remind you that, yeah, there are tickets still available, and there are some Season 24, some signed Season 24 box sets that he can – I think he's got them in stock at the Sickness Alpha shop. So head over there. The link is in the description when it comes to that. More more pretty pictures, more pretty pictures. Let me find find a pretty picture for you guys here. Where are we? Yes, so let's yeah, let's talk about yeah, fan art. So Ooh. I've come across this, yeah, bang up to date, sort of. Like so that. yeah, this is the TARDIS in that yeah, under underneath the X mansion, no less, outside Cerebro. Yeah, Professor Xavier, oh, Xavier's right. computer in the X-Men films. I love it when people do this. This is from Dalius. On this is Twitter. proper geek stuff, isn't it? Pro I wouldn't yeah, recognise is... it at all. I don't know what you're talking about, but it looks <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> it's the X-Men movie, Simon. No, nothing. Is, that's full-blown geekiness. But yeah, that did catch my eye. But yeah, since we, we want to go back to talking about Jackie Lane just a little bit, I thought we'd look at these. So yeah, Clayton Hickman. It's yeah, your turn again, Clayton. If you if you're watching the show, we we pour out some love in Clayton's direction most weeks. His amazing <laughs> colorizations and recolorizations. So this time, yeah, he's uh, he's been working on some on some uh, images of uh, of Jackie Lane, and uh, there is this one, of course. This is a photo that we've all seen yeah. over and over again. I think the first time I ever saw this was in Doctor Who Weekly. Yes, in probably. Yeah, crinkly, speckly. Uh, black and white JT, you know, on yellowing yeah. paper. Yeah. I think the paper was yellowing when I bought it new. So that's the, <laughs> that's the image. Paper. So yeah, now paper. it's bright, bright yellow. It looks like wax paper. This this, this is the original oh. image of them. I believe this was filming the Ark. It, it was the Ark. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Outfit. Jackie Lane, William Hartnell, and Peter Purvis. They're deep into the forest, <laughs> if you can call it that. And Clayton has got his virtual paint box out and tuned it up and this is what we have here oh okay Lovely. absolutely beautiful job i agree terry it's incredible what clayton does isn't it yeah oh yeah yeah i mean i've, I've colored a, a few photos myself and it's very difficult it's not i an still easy don't know how it's done i still can't get how you color a photo like that it's, it's, it's like 3d printing it's just way over my head <laughs> yeah. No, it, it it is it is doable. Basically, what you're doing is is you're painting almost with a a thin wash like watercolors on top of a black and white uh, photo. But 
it's not just oh you know flesh tones pink whatever and gray for william hartnell's hair you've got to take into account uh, what clayton does really well is is the lighting that would be around yeah. them and color spill so like yeah. some there would be some green on the um, Peter Purvis's hair possibly coming from the the trees and things trees. like that and and skin tones aren't one color you know noses are a bit redder and uh, parts of the skin are a bit more yellow so it, it is literally just you know like portrait painting um, over the thing and it brings out so much detail if you see some you know some of the the Pertwee stuff that was um, even if it was automatically colorized you know it just it brings out so much more contrast and um, depth you know if you compare that color picture there to the previous black and white you you couldn't see anything in the background and there was no there was no yeah it's like it was flat and uninteresting yeah. you know, it's yeah. very film noir i'll give you that but uh i give me a color image any day Incredible. absolutely beautiful so yeah i used this on the thumbnail art for the video and the album art for the podcast too i thought that was uh probably the nicest one that we've that we've got of of Jackie Lane's time on Doctor Who and beautiful work from Clayton. There is there is one more. This is something slightly different from him. Jackie Lane is is on it. So what he's done this time, he's taken these three images that we have here that we see on screen. Now this is from the Savages, yeah, and at various sort of stages of the same general scene. So we've got the the Tardis there being, and there's two <laughs> two of those titular Savages there. Not sure what they're doing, Wait, waiting for the time travelers, travelers to return. I don't know. And on the top one, we actually see Stephen and Dodo running yeah. back to the TARDIS, away from them, but they're missing in the one in the middle. Yeah. And Clayton does this quite a lot. So he's taken three images and compiled them to make one sort of one masterpiece, one, one uh, complete image, taking, I suppose, the most high-definition areas from each of those pictures to, to create... The, the ultimate version of it, really. So, yeah, we've got those three small pictures, and this is what clients come up with here. Crikey. Wow. Also, look at the throwing stuff. Look. Yeah. Back to answer your question. He looks like he's throwing stuff. Now we can see it. Yeah, he's one because his one arm is is more down, as if maybe it's that's a rock gorgeous. or something like that. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, there's, and look there's at the back, back of the TARDIS. The, if the back of the TARDIS doors are slightly adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> well spotted. It brings yeah, out so many that. more details, doesn't it? It brings out yeah. more... You know, there's depth of field. The, the trees in the foreground are out of focus. And yeah. like you say, you can Absolutely. see more of the TARDIS prop being very shonky. And why is that Why is that fella there on the cliff throwing something at, uh, at, the, at, the, at the companions? Why is he wearing my auntie's old sofa? <laughs> <laughs> it turns with gold with those sort of fluffy things at the end. That's outrageous. I must let her know. It's funny, you know, I, The Savages is one of those stories I am desperate to see, of all of the ones that are missing from the yeah. archive. I, yeah. I, I don't know what it is about The Savages. So, it sounds such an interesting story. Uh, and we, and it, it's very, we know so little about The Savages. It's not like Fury from the Deep or The Evil of the Daleks. We all know lots about. Savages is an unknown quantity. Well, The Savages has really got to be where Tomb of the Cyberman Cybermen was once in the day. Do you know what I mean? It's got yes. this sort of thing around it now because none of us have seen it. Um, so it's sort of, can you imagine? It's like Celestial Toymaker. It's mythical. It's mythical because so little is known about it. And, and exactly. You can't and really it's got get we, we know roughly what the evil of the Daleks is about. We don't really know what the Savages is about. Love to see that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the audio is very difficult to follow. Have you heard the, yeah. the audio? It is yeah. difficult to follow, though, even though you've read the target, which is completely different, by the way, to the to what you're hearing. Yes. I, yeah. It's just that missing piece, really, isn't it? The, the actual visual. Mm. 
you can you can tell it's half time at the football. People are drifting back to the street. <laughs> I don't know how we're doing over there, all you England fans. I hope we're doing okay. But uh, we're doing even better because there's lots of comments in the chat here. Amazing pictures, brilliant, nice shadowing. Lots of congratulations here, and lots of people in admiration at what you do, Clayton Hickman. If you're watching, we have to talk to Clayton at some point because yeah, we do this every week. Yeah, we and, have to. Uh, it, Loads of questions. Really, really does each image after image after image is just eye candy. But uh, do you know what we need? We need a big coffee table book of yes. Clayton's coloured Doctor Who images. Oh, I said that, that to possible. him. Yes. Yeah. I said put them in a calendar at the very least because if you don't, I somebody do know a will. publisher. <laughs> yeah, sure. So getting the permission of those pictures, you know, could you could you get them? You know, you you, you could, but it'd be a long. Uh, a friend it of mine told me it would be a long ask, but yes, it's not impossible. It would be, mm. especially when you go through BBC. <laughs> Who'd want that? Yeah, the uh, loose cannon recon of the savages is excellent. I I agree with Mega the Extremist. That's the version that I have sampled. Oh, I I could follow that. that. Okay, obviously we we love there to be more pictures from all of these stories that are missing you know the more pictures the better the more it brings it back to life and maybe we'll get an animated version of the savage at some point in the future it looks quite likely doesn't it good idea terry we, we've got here from uh, from digby strawbridge so yeah thank you everybody in the chat for all your contributions we we're glad you've enjoyed the show i certainly have i think you three as well haven't you terry terry have you enjoyed yes, yourself absolutely I've so enjoyed mine. myself immensely. <laughs> so if you've enjoyed, if you've enjoyed Terry's voices, Terry's wisdom, and Terry's tattoos, you might want to hear more from him. Where can people get in touch with you and see your content and hear you perform? Um, I have got a million Instagram accounts. Uh, my main Instagram ac account is Terry R Cooper. Um, I've got another one called My Dot First Dot Tardis. Uh, which is chronicling my building of my full-size police box. Um, and my video, my YouTube channel is called Terry on Tuesday. So every Tuesday, I'm mostly talking about building my full-size Marvin the Paranoid Android. Now oh my God. Dalek that I'm building and all sorts of other stuff going on there. Okay, so Terry, I have to ask you, which version of the police box are you doing? Um, it's going to be, it actually is going to be a little bit of a hybrid, but mostly, mostly Paul McGann the Richard okay. Hudelin box or Hudelin box, or you want to call it. Um, mm -hmm. But I think I'm going to put white window frames on it. It's going to be a very, very dark blue with white window frames. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a little Peter Cushing-y, isn't it? So, you know, and, yeah, and oh, I'm also having, you know, the six windows. Um, yep. I'm having the center lower panels in blue, like a oh, metropolitan yeah, like box. Box. Never yeah. seen. But did Paul McGann's have the... No, actually, it didn't, did I? No. no so the Metropolitan box, yeah. the Met box. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the original Metropolitan box has the blue. Yeah, scent. that's right. Yeah. 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 So I'm doing going for that. Good. My pictures with that. I also have to uh, ask. There are, so, there are, so, I've done mock ups of it in place in my garden using Photoshop, showing what it's going to look like so you can steal it. And um, <laughs> it's, it, it's going to be materializing there this year, hopefully. Well, that sounded like a movie that did, didn't it? Coming this year. Can can you do can you do a Marvin impression to go with the Marvin that you're building? Oh God! Everywhere I go, people ask me to do another Marvin impression. Like it? Oh, I think I'll just sit in the corner and rust. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic stuff. We need more of that. Yes, you can hear you can hear Terry and Chris talk about talk about their adventures <laughs> with Black Glove Studio. All the all the uh, all the things that they've done so far, and the things that are coming in the future too. You can hear that over on the Type Forty podcast. If you go and check out the playlists on this very channel, 
or over on the type40.podbean.com feed, our dedicated feed for Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast. So you can find that on Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, you name it. Or, yeah, over here in the playlists. So, yeah, that's a podcast that we put out for the Fandom Podcast Network. Another episode's coming in a couple of days, come to think of it. Failing that, if you if you prefer to see us or you can't bear to be without us for a couple of days, there are more of these streams. If, you, if this was your first live stream with us, the good news is there's over 20 others. You can catch them too on the channel, the Type 40 Live playlist, Season 1 and Season 2 that we've recorded here, all preserved to enjoy over and over again. <laughs> with us and our guests, all the regular panellists, you know, Ian, the mega geek, Diaz, Starry-Eyed Girl, Barnaby Jago, you name it. There's more of them that you could possibly handle. And lots of our <laughs> other guests too, like Alex Stora, he's been on. Bob Baker and Paul Tams from Official K9, they've been on. Gary Beekler from Nerdrotic, our friend Nerdrotic. And lots more people. And I'm sure we've got some... Well, actually, I know we've got some really exciting guests to come up in the second half of this run when we come back in a few weeks' time. We've got one more show next week before we take a little bit of a break, and that's when we'll be dropping out our competition, so there'll be more on that next week. Yeah, but that, that is it for now, everybody. What do you think? What do you think? Was that good? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Thanks, <laughs> He's Chris. had his say. But uh, we, we do hope that you've enjoyed it. Yeah, please like the video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. You don't want to miss the next time that we go live and hit the little bell that notifies you when the next videos arrive on YouTube. But yeah, thank you, everybody, for your company. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me. Terry, thanks for joining our silliness. We'd love to have you back at some point in the future, and we'll make sure that all your links go out to people. Absolutely. Have yeah. a great time. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. Let us know how England get on. That's it from us now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Those shows are a blast to make. We'll be putting more of them out too here on the Type 40 feed. But if you want to catch Type 40 live, literally live, join in with the comments on YouTube and Facebook and wherever. Head over to YouTube, search for The Space Book, and there we are. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the little cloister bell then you'll get all the notifications on when we'll be live streaming next. We always have the time. If you have the space here at Type 40, thanks for listening. More soon. Take care. Bye-bye. A Doctor Who podcast is a space book production for the Fandom Podcast Network with music by Problem Being.